0: Thank you.
1: to another episode of splice Spice together, together. <laughs> i'm michelle well you gotta be kidding me, man we're in his mouth we're in his mouth
2: and i'm harper i'm ready man
0: ready to get it on
1: on this episode we're gonna do our monthly round Insert theme music here, <laughs> which we haven't decided on yet. Um, so if you haven't listened before, we go through our movies from the past month that we've watched, which we've kind of slowed down a little bit. I think we have movie fatigue from yeah, watching like 360 movies in seven months. Probably the best months.
0: for our health.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, throughout what, from basically May through August, we watched at least one movie a day. More yeah. Or less. Oftentimes more, more.
1: than one. So we're kind of running out of movies yeah. <laughs> to get excited about, I guess. I don't know. And there's not really a lot of new... Well, there are a That's lot of true. new That's ones this man. month.
2: Yeah, we have a good bit of new movies on this list. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we're just getting a little... It's, I don't know. When we get to the point when it's like, do what do you want to watch tonight? It's like, uh,
1: I just I don't, don't care anymore. <laughs> 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 but this time we've got a great selection of movies to talk about. We do, actually, yeah. Um, and then for our mini segment this month, Harper attended the Atlanta well Quote, attended. attended the virtual Atlanta Film Festival and part of Fantastic Fest.
2: Yeah, as 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 of recording this, Fantastic Fest is still going on. Yeah, I've I've watched one or two things.
1: So we'll discuss some of those movies that he's seen in the overall experience. Yeah. So, uh, are you ready?
2: Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, and our first movie on the list is in search of darkness colon, a journey into <laughs> 80s horror
1: um so this came out i guess 2019 but it started streaming 2020, 2020 right
2: i think i'm fairly certain the only way you could have seen it in 2019 is if you were like a kickstarter backer
1: probably that makes sense it's directed by david a Weiner. David, a a wiener, (laughs) wiener? (laughs) Um, and it's an exploration of 80s horror movies through the perspective of the actors, directors, producers, and special effects craftspeople who made them and their impact on contemporary cinema. A roundabout way of saying it's a very long movie where horror fans just go like, oh, I love this movie. It's awesome. Correct. (laughs) And Um, the movie selections are based around who they got on the, (laughs) to talk on it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's basically like, I, I, when they were, I remember when they were kickstarting this and the idea was like, we're going to make a documentary that is the definitive guide to eighties horror movies. And I mean, they kind of did that. I mean, there's certainly, it's there's There's some stuff that's missing, but they're, they cover the grand majority i mean they cover probably 50 movies i would guess I don't yeah
1: there's know. a lot because this movie is what three hours long it is four, four hours. hours i mean long, i believe so we kind of discussed in person but we really felt like this should have been episodic yeah and not one really really long documentary
2: like, yeah i really like the way it's put together they do it basically year by year yeah um and then it's kind
1: of like i love the 70s and i love the 80s that's exactly what it's like
2: yeah same i feel like what they essentially did was they picked like 20 or 30 people to interview and they asked all those people what their favorite horror movies were and talked to them about it and then they just put those in order from chronologically from when the movies came out and that's basically what you get is you just get clips and interviews talking about movies and then they have these little in-between things in between each year of like uh, final girl, like highlighting like specific yeah. things like the rise of the slasher and final girls. And like, uh, I can't remember some of the other things, but like individual top genre topics. Um, yeah, I, I really, I enjoyed it actually more than I thought I would, but yeah, if this had been like an episodic show and each episode was an hour long about each year, like it started at yeah. 80 and went up to 89 or 90. It would have been
1: all for that. Oh,
2: it would have been so fun. I would have been like freaking out about it. Cause it, <laughs> yeah, as it stands, it's, like it's hard to have it on and not just have it be in the background because it's so long.
1: Yeah, I agree. I wonder why they went that well,
2: route. And guess what? What? There's a part two coming.
1: Well, what the 90s?
2: I don't know. Like, I don't know what the deal. I don't know if they're just what's adding. What's left more in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that's gonna work, but yeah, they announced that pretty recently.
1: Well, maybe they'll do a 90s one and they'll split it into episodes and like a 10 episode 10 years or whatever
2: yeah it's frustrating because this is kind of it's cool like i don't know that i necessarily recommend it to everybody but if if you're
1: not into horror i don't think you would enjoy it but (laughs) if it had been a show it
2: would be like my favorite show of the year yeah like i'd be way into it because
1: even like if it was like based on the year because they do some background information too about like politics and stuff going on so if they incorporated that more yeah. And but it, this was also good to be like, oh, I haven't heard of this movie. Add it to the watch true. list. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one
2: that I, and I'm especially interested in that they talk about was, I think it's called Ghost Story. It was yeah. like the, I think it was a British one
1: from ear, the early so.
2: 80s. That looked really interesting. And I didn't know anything about that. So, yeah. I, and I know there were some others that I like added to my watch list after we watched it. So, yeah. If you're into horror movies, it's definitely a fun thing to do if you got four and a half hours to kill over a weekend or something. Yeah.
1: I mean, I gave it four stars um i enjoyed it
2: yeah i did i think but I did again yeah, you have to be into horror
1: yeah. 80s horror specifically yeah for sure <laughs> um and it's also streaming on Shudder. yeah i, I don't think it's gonna to be anywhere it. else no i doubt it um, so in search of darkness a journey into iconic 80s horror yeah
2: next up is another documentary yep this one is on hbo max i believe this yeah like one of their big things at the hbo early, early in the month that is class action park
1: so this came out in 2020. It's directed by Seth Borges Borges. And Chris Charles Scott III. Mm, the 3rd. Fancy. The 3rd. We're going to make fun of people's last names Apparently. and numbers. <laughs> uh, so this is this is about a action park which is a water park in New Jersey. Water park slash crazyville (laughs) um and so it's a documentary where it focuses on people who attended the park and a few people who worked at the park and just the crazy wild and i don't know injuries and deaths and everything surrounding this water park (laughs) essentially it was
2: like an amusement park where the guy was like we don't have to follow rules
1: yeah I'll make my own rules. So it's basically
2: run by teenagers and people just constantly were getting injured and yeah. then eventually people started dying.
1: And then like whatever you can think up of to put in, he did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh including like a water slide with a loop.
1: Which still makes no, no sense. I can't
2: understand how that possibly would work. Yeah. Um
1: I definitely would have died at this park. Oh, yeah. I would I had issues at normal water parks, like...
2: Just watching it, I was like... Getting
1: stuck on stuff. Watching stuff, I I was like, man, I would have
2: loved this place when I was like yeah. eight years old. <laughs> but
1: also, it just looks so gross. It did look really like, gross. Like, Ugh. like, there's no way these teenagers are cleaning anything. That's true. <laughs> uh,
2: what did you think about the movie?
1: So, for the most part, I thought it was enjoyable, but it was very, like... I felt like the balance and pacing was off, so it ends on a very like depressing note um and then i also kind of got annoyed with all these like comedian stuff just saying like it was the 80s it was new jersey like you had to be there (laughs) it's just like all right like all of you have said this i get it (laughs) but just stop
2: (laughs) i kind of disagree about that second i agree yeah the the like I don't know how they could have done it better, but the fact that, yeah, it starts out like the first half hour is hilarious and yeah. fun. And then, yeah, obviously it gets super dark. Well, it ends end. on
1: like a drone shot in a cemetery. Yeah. Like that's a weird way to end it's this. Very,
2: yeah. The ending is very kind of upsetting.
1: Yeah. I felt like they didn't know really how to wrap up. Maybe other not. than just, you know, people reminiscing about yeah. stuff.
2: but I do think, I think the fact that it was the, com- they, they had these comedians in particular it was. Is it this guy that's listed on uh, Chris? Uh, is it Gethard or Get third I don't know. Yeah, he was the main. I don't know how you say it, but he. You, I've seen him in a million things, but I didn't know his name. Yeah. Um, he's kind of the main like person that they interviewed because he went to the park a bunch as a kid. Yeah. And is very funny in the way he like reminisces about it. I think that was really smart. I think that's a in a documentary about something kind of weird and quirky i think that's a really smart play to have like comedians talk about it yeah because you're guaranteed to get funny stories out of it
1: yeah i'm fine with that it just it's a big clash difference
2: perhaps and it's kind
1: of the same jokes over and over again maybe so (laughs) yeah
2: but it was very entertaining yeah um but yeah so yeah it's a little um not hit or miss but uh what's the word i'm looking for uneven i guess yeah
1: The pacing's off.
2: Yeah, but it is, I mean, it's super interesting, and it is, and the first half is really funny.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it.
1: I enjoyed it, too. I just, as a documentary, I don't rate it that high.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I gave it three and a half. I did, too. Cool.
1: What's your uh, favorite water park memory (laughs) or insane well, water park I have too many because we we had a
2: <laughs> we had a whitewater season past two years in a row and we'd Fancy. go every monday <laughs> in the summer we'd get mom to take us to a whitewater yeah
1: i would just always get sunburnt, and then like i said before i just always got stuck in slides because i didn't weigh that much <laughs> And so the mats would get stuck, and that's then you're like petrified, funny. and like someone's gonna come behind me and oh, like what? smash into me. So that's, that's why very... I like the log ride a lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Loser. Or the
1: boat, the boat ride.
2: I used to. I, I was definitely the scaredy cat. who was always scared to do like the cliffhanger at Whitewater. And stuff, like the. I don't even remember.
1: Stuff. I think I only went to Whitewater with you like twice. Yeah. So. I don't well, really Whitewater is fun when remember. you're
2: not a kid anymore and you don't it's have a so mom to hold too. all your crap yeah. for you all the time.
1: <laughs> lockers are $300. Can yeah. oh, you <laughs> hold the food
2: while I go get in the water? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Class Action Park uh, on HBO. Max! Now the sad <laughs> movie we watched. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I think it was in August. We didn't talk about it on our last episode, but uh, Chadwick Bozeman passed away, and yeah, so we really have blocked me. that from our mind. From Yeah. So, we ended up rewatching Black Panther Just uh, because it's been a while since we've seen it. It has, yeah. Um, So this came out in 2018, directed by Ryan Coogler. Coogler. I added an L. (laughs) I think I was saying Coogler. 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 And so this is in the Marvel universe. It follows the superhero Black Panther, all about Wakanda and his origin stories. And I don't remember. Who's the villain again?
2: Uh, What's his character name? Oh, man. Well, it's Michael B. Jordan. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, oh, Killmonger. Killmonger, yeah. Duh. Yeah, who um, there is a power struggle to take over the throne. To
2: decide how to use Yeah, the Wakanda rightful heir to Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if we've ever talked about Black Panther on the podcast, but it's certainly one of, if not the best, Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, I remember at the time, it really... What kind of... I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it, and then at a certain point afterwards, it hit me that like, oh, this is a James Bond movie. And yeah. like one of the best James Bond movies of the last, you know, five or six years at least. Yeah. Uh, it was much, it was a much better James Bond movie than Spectre was that had come out a little while before. I think, um, you know, it's a movie about this crazy technology and this guy being able to use it.
1: Magic um, purple plants. Yeah. All the, <laughs>
2: all the cool, um, the way they can, uh, Shuri controls the car remotely. And I mean, it's just, Super cool, like fun gadgetry and stuff in it. Um, and it's also very funny. The cast is filmed
1: really in Atlanta. ridiculous, yeah. True,
2: <laughs> the cast is crazy good, yeah.
1: I think my favorite, um, are all the women. So yes. Lupita and Danae Guer- Guerrero, yeah. Danae Guerrero is my favorite, character. yeah. She's so What's funny in name? this, okay. Oh,
2: yes okay
1: i don't i'm really bad at pronouncing everybody
2: (laughs) and
1: then uh his sister shuri Shuri. yeah she's all three of them are just like a favorite of this whole franchise which i
2: hope that's the direction they take now i mean it's super duper tragic
1: yeah Um, and it sucks like when we were watching it like one i was already depressed about all of it but then you start thinking about like you see like the great potential for this movie like they did so much i don't think they were given a, as big of a budget as like other ones because it was not. just like a standoff movie um and they gave all these people like a chance to direct and the production design was over the top and g- gorgeous and then like i don't know where did they take it and just seeing like the next one would have been like probably a hundred times more fun true and yeah. amazing After it
2: was such a huge success it certainly would have been given even more leeway than this first yeah. one was, but yeah and it's i mean i mean it goes without saying that it's one of the few superhero movies out there that has a really valid and fascinating point of view and theme and perspective to it uh about you know colonialism and lo- like loss of your identity yeah and you know how how to support other people like you without you know While also protecting your your own country, you know, it's like isolationism versus you know globalism, that kind of thing too. It's very, it's a really smart movie, really really smart. Um, so yeah, it's just super upsetting that you know, but more so that there's this fantastic actor who played. A lot of great roles, who's yeah. not around anymore, but
1: and kept it hidden that he had colon cancer <laughs> yeah. like that's insane. He did all of this action stuff too, yeah, and like being sick the entire time
2: super, super sad. Um, and then
1: just all the little kids, I feel so bad for them, yeah, makes me sad. I'm glad at
2: least that now they've got Miles Morales is around, and yeah had a wildly successful spider-man movie and soon a giant new spider-man game so that's something but that, yeah, yeah. I mean black panther was obviously like the major iconic black superhero and yeah now they're gonna have to figure something away yeah out. So that's what, I was,
1: what like blade like yeah. was he the last and one of the big first big black weirdly. superheroes yeah
2: um yeah i mean i hope that they find a way to continue it and use a lot of what they've already built with
1: yeah of
2: the, the great actresses i'm just worried
1: i mean i guess it works out that like marvel is kind of pushing everything because i was worried they were just gonna rush like oh we gotta like salvage whatever we already started but yeah. i'm hoping they just I take don't their time filmed anything yet yeah i hope they take their time and like actually figure out a cohesive story that makes sense and address like black panther dying yeah i guess i mean <laughs> Let's, I don't know how they do that. Let's <laughs> just say, let's hope
2: they figure out a better way to do it than Star Wars did with Carrie Fisher.
1: Yeah. Please no CGI, good. Disney. No
2: CGI and no, let's just clip together random yeah. unused footage. To, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Anyway, so Black Panther, you can watch it on Disney Plus. Yep,
2: or on your Blu-ray because you all ought to own this Yeah, movie.
1: you should just own it. Just own it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so after Black Panther... We watched I'm um, Thinking of Ending Things. Another new movie. Yes. So this came out this year, 2020. It's directed by Charlie Kaufman. How do we describe this movie? <laughs> so nothing is as it seems when a woman experienced misgivings about her new boyfriend joins him on a road trip to meet his parents at their remote farm. And then things just get weirder and weirder. And weirder.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's hard to say what it's about without giving away the, the kind of twist ending. I guess. Yeah. Um, I had a real problem with this movie.
1: <laughs> well, let's hear it. Harper. <laughs> well, this is the kind
2: of movie that when I was like a junior or senior in college, I would have loved, it was, would have been a five star for sure. Yeah. I would have obsessed with it. I would have seen it several times. Uh, but now I just have a hard time with these. Like, first of all, my main two problems in the movie are that, uh, first of all, like probably fifty percent of the movie at least takes place in the car while they're just driving. I'd say
1: at least fifty.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's about a road they're, trip. They're driving to the to the parents' house and then they're driving back from the parents' house and it's just them kind of having kind of semi philosophical conversations which could be good if this was a Richard Linklater movie that would probably be really entertaining that's
1: all he does is road trips with philosophical all he he does is people
2: (laughs) sitting around talking about ideas but um I think visually it's really boring like there's nothing happening in most of the movie except for two people sitting in a car and snow on the window like you can't see anything out the background so there's no like environment for that to be
1: i didn't mind that really i just th- visually and
2: and orally because it's also you're constantly just hearing the wind and the windshield wipers yeah it was just so boring to me i've seriously had a hard time staying i did awake think those the sections.
1: car stuff was pretty slow but i think all the house stuff and school stuff made up for it there's a section when
2: they're at the parents house it's probably like a half hour of the movie that is really good yeah and bizarre in the best kind of charlie coffin kinds of ways that are really funny and Unnerving and
0: entertaining.
1: (laughs) Well, when they first get there, what's her name? Oh, yeah. This also stars Jesse Buckley, Jesse Plemons, Tony Collette, David Thewlis. Yeah. Um, the main people I'll mention. I love it when they get to the parents' house and Tony Collette's the mom, and she's just like waving nonstop in the window, and he's just like, "I'm gonna take my time to go in," and she's just like constantly (laughs) waving.
2: (laughs) Well, like the weird. Tony Collette's
1: great in this.
2: (laughs) Weird thing, it's in the trailer too. Like she pets the dog and then the dog starts like shaking yeah, like to dry up, continue, and the dog just shaking. keeps shaking and she's like that's
0: <laughs> weird yeah
2: um the other issue i have with it is that like you don't understand what's going on and what the point of the movie is until the last i mean for me it was like the last i don't know two and a half minutes
1: yeah. I could see, but like if you rewatched it, maybe it wouldn't. Yeah, that's, like you would appreciate it more throughout the entire thing and pick up on more subtle stuff. Let's just
2: say the movie is about something very different and not even necessarily about the same character that you think you're following. Yeah. Uh, by the by, the end the movie is completely different than what you think it has been about, um, which is interesting, for sure but it's also to me made for kind of a frustrating movie experience because i was like well why did i just watch all this and i didn't i didn't know i didn't understand why I should care about what's happening until the very end.
1: Well, yeah. And like sometimes, I mean, we watch a lot of movies that are sort of like that, but I guess they do it in a better way. It's more satisfying throughout the whole thing, or you get a bigger chunk at the end where you can sure. really digest it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> with this, it's like, I got to go read reviews and just make sure I understood what was happening. Well, and like I said, like <laughs> I'm much
2: more willing to put up with a movie where I'm unsure about what it's about if it's really interesting and entertaining, which for me, most of this was not. It was that really sounds cool.
1: funny though yeah In there a were dark parts way. just all that car
2: <laughs> stuff was just so boring I yeah. just couldn't I can't forgive that uh but this movie did make me really hungry for a blizzard I had to go to Dairy Queen
1: <laughs> so it worked it was all just a Dairy yeah, Queen commercial a, Dairy Queen, a really weird Dairy Queen commercial <laughs> so I think I rated it higher than you I gave it four stars
2: yeah I did three and a half which was kind of generous I was thinking about a three
1: Mm-mm. Oh, Harper.
0: Yeah. I mean,
2: it's tough because I really do love Charlie Kaufman. I like a lot of his stuff, but yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. Didn't do I don't think for it's
1: me. for everybody and it can get a little slow, but I also think if we rewatched it, we'd probably be like, oh.
2: Yeah, for sure. Rewatching it, I might have a very different opinion. Yeah. it's definitely fair. Now
1: that like, I know what to look for. Yeah. Um. So this is on Netflix. Yeah. Did we say what I gave it four and you gave it three, three and, and, a and a half? half. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm thinking of anything. Watch it, maybe don't watch it. It's on Netflix, yeah. So, next up, we watch Possessor, Possessor, Possessor. <laughs> which is another 2020 movie. We're doing it, we are getting 2020 Finally, movies. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is one I'm, I've been super excited to see and talk about for a long time, yeah.
1: So, this is directed by Brandon Cronenberg,
2: yes, that Cronenberg, yes,
1: the Cronenberg's son. is is he his
2: son or is he some mutated uh like it's a
1: fly baby yeah like kronenberg's (laughs) arm fell off and
2: grew into brandon Cronenberg. that's my theory
1: uh so this is another like it's like a sci-fi horror so what's her name tasia Tasia Voss. Yeah, I think so. Is an elite corporate assassin who uses brain implant technology to take control of other people's bodies to terminate high profile targets. As she sinks deeper into her latest assignment, Voss becomes trapped inside a mind that threatens to obliterate her. And the tra- uh, poster is creepy oh, as man. hell. Yeah. <laughs> and that whole
2: section of the movie is very unsettling.
1: So this star is Andrea Riseborough, mm-hmm. who is Mandy uh, fan. Yeah. And Mandy and.
2: The titular Some other, Mandy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> um, Christopher Abbott, who He's you'd probably know girl, him from so. Girls. Like, I'm trying to think of anything else he was in. Jennifer Jason Lee, and Sean Bean. Woo! Sean Bean. Can
0: guess <laughs> what
2: happens to Sean Bean?
1: <laughs> or does it? I thought he... Oh, yeah, actually. He doesn't. Yeah. yeah. He
2: might pull through.
1: He might make it. <laughs> so this movie... I thought it was pretty awesome. Uh,
2: yeah, I did too. I loved this.
1: So it's very Cronenberg-esque. Lots of body horror. It mm-hmm. was shot pretty well. Like I, I really like the movies. Uh, like simple sci-fi where it's yes. like they take a lot of um stuff from like going on currently and like with the whole corporation he works mm-hmm. with spying on people to like to figure out what curtains they have in their house. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, there's all kinds of. Uh, It's like
1: all privacy related Yeah, the movie's
2: all about privacy because, I mean, obviously the main thing is that they are able to uh, inhabit somebody else's body and make them do things they don't want to do, Yeah, for one. And then the guy whose body she inhabits, his job is to work at a a very Google-esque place. Or (laughs) Amazon-esque place, where essentially he watches watches footage from people's webcams and nanny cams and stuff that obviously they shouldn't have access to. And late and, you know, adds metadata basically yeah to people's private footage
1: and sean bean's character owns that company who and is, like is obviously jeff bezos yeah who like hates workers and treats everybody like shit. yeah <laughs> um but yeah i thought it was i don't know if i really like christopher abbott that much he was probably my least favorite of the film.
2: I have to I always I have to question myself because I didn't either, but I also don't know if that's just cause I hate girls so much.
1: The, I don't the know. We've TV seen show, him in other stuff. The television though. show
2: girls. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like he was in that comes it comes at night and we didn't really like, didn't that, like either. that either. Yeah. And I think he he's in box Lux. I don't even remember him in that. Yeah, I don't either. And First Man. Was he an astronaut? He I have no idea. <laughs>
0: but yeah. So
1: i d I'm not crazy about him. But yeah, um I liked okay. the ladies a lot.
2: Yes. Andrea Risborough is great. Basically, like, you end up, throughout the movie, you kind of start to realize she's basically a serial killer. Yeah. Like...
1: We don't know anything about the company they work for either. It's like... It's like
2: this weird, shady... They get hired
1: to kill people. Right. And and she's really good at it. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Well, and she's really good at it, and she's basically addicted to it. Yeah. And at the beginning of the movie, she comes out of one, out of having just, you know, assassinated somebody, and they have to give... They have to take, like, a test to make sure she, like remembers her, her identity yeah, yeah because she's been in somebody else's body for several days or whatever um and it's very clear that like she's on the brink of not being able to do this anymore because she might be losing her identity yeah so it's super cool stuff about how like when she comes back to her real life and goes back to like her husband and child who don't know that she does this for a living
0: yeah
2: uh she's kind of almost acting to be herself like she has to like rehearse the lines she's gonna say when she gets home to her husband because it's almost like she doesn't remember who she is anymore. Yeah. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff about like identity.
1: And family too. Sure. Like choosing your career over your family or vice versa. Yeah. There's a, I won't spoil anything, but yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of family stuff later on. (laughs) That decision comes
2: to a very violent head at one point. Yeah.
1: And whether or not your employer supports or (laughs) doesn't support your family choices. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, yeah. The the uh cinematography in the movie is really cool. The practical effects are really cool. Yeah. When they do the they do the whole segment when she actually goes into somebody else's body, the like way they abstractly represent that is really really cool. Uh like one of the coolest sequences I've seen in a while. Um and yeah, there's really I think the editing is really intense and interesting too. It's a it's a I I really enjoyed this a lot. It's definitely top um pretty high up on my list of movies for 2020
1: yeah me too i think it's i gave it four stars but i bet if i saw it again i would rate it higher
2: yeah i hope this is i really if
1: we had seen it in a theater like we would have been all over this i would (laughs) love
2: to to see this in a theater so yeah i hope it gets a a bigger a big release in one way or another at some point yeah um yeah so I, i like this a lot i'm excited to see it again for sure I gave it four and a half stars.
1: I don't know if it's streaming anywhere.
2: No, I don't think it is yet.
1: But it probably will eventually, I'm sure. I'm sure,
2: yeah. All right, yeah, this would be a great one for Shudder to pick up.
1: Um. So, yeah, Possessor. Yeah. Check it out when you can. We give it two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. All right, so next up we watched Polytechnique. Uh, which came out in 2009. It was directed by Dennis Villeneuve. But mm-hmm. <laughs> oh It's just my thing. Um, so this is one of his earlier films. The latest Dune trailer came out. So we're like, maybe we should watch some of his stuff again. Yeah. Um, and this is a, a dramatization of the Montreal Massacre of 1989, where several several female engineering students were murdered by an unstable misogynist. Uh so this was intense.
2: <laughs> nice, <how about>
1: <laughs> for like a TV I think it was a TV movie too and it's like oh, Yeah, it might have been like, like TV, right?
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah, this is based on uh real life events with a school shooter basically in Canada
2: who is to put it mildly, a real piece of
1: shit. Yeah, he really is. He basically feels like women should not be engineers and it's all their fault yeah. that he isn't good at it
2: that <laughs> yeah, he couldn't get he basically this guy couldn't get a date um and was pissed that females are you know getting educated and doing things.
1: everyone is a feminist yeah and <laughs> how
2: bad he wrote this letter about how you know feminists are being feminism is bad for everybody and blah blah, yeah. blah. so that's why he was going to make a statement and essentially trying to wipe out like a whole generation of female engineers and scientists yeah you know, just because he didn't like it
1: yep as you do (laughs) um so also this film i think it was it stitched together people's stories to like it was the characters aren't based on a specific person because they wanted to respect
0: the families
1: so i think it was done in a pretty interesting way to like focus on a couple of the girls and then one of their classmates sort Mm -hmm. of his response to what was happening in real time yeah also it's filmed in black and white and it looks crazy good
2: yeah it looks like i
1: really was like blown away
2: yeah it's funny the black the and white typically black and white makes things feel less real because it is obviously the world is not in black and white but yeah. black and white is like an abstraction of the real world but in this yeah it definitely added to the realism for some yeah. i don't know exactly how that worked but it yeah, it worked even better because of that.
1: I also wonder if it was for TV, maybe they couldn't have blood on it. That's like, probably that a very I, a,
2: that might you might be
1: right about that. Yeah. Another reason, but I think it works.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean we've sadly school shootings are such a common thing that there are now lots of movies about. Yeah. I mean even Vox Lux was super interesting last year that, like, we had no idea. Oh, my God. We thought we were going <laughs> like, to see a movie about a, about a pop Natalie singer. Nellie Portman
0: it
1: singing. Opens yeah. up.
2: With, basically, she becomes a pop singer because she's a survivor of a of school being shooting.
1: shot in the throat. It's
2: horrifying and yeah. shock, very shocking. Um, and but then
1: yeah. Columbine, the bowling for Columbine mm-hmm. and stuff. Ugh.
2: Um, but yeah, this is super interesting. And I, to me, what stood out as really interesting to me in this one was that, obviously, there's you know it's shocking but it kind of quietly looks at the violence of toxic masculinity both in terms of obviously the ki- the shooter yeah but also the one of the male survivors who i don't want to spoil exactly what happens but basically has kind of survivor's guilt because yeah. he is trying he- to help and didn't you know feels like he could have subdued the um the shooter you know he should have done something yeah, and so it's also like this thing where like toxic masculinity works in both ways, where you're violent or you feel like, "Hey, I'm a man. I should have been able to do something f- physically overpower this person and do something, and I couldn't do that." Yeah, like, as a protector or whatever. Um, so it shows kind of the damage that how that works in both directions, um, and it's very sad.
1: Yeah, especially when that character is one of the few people who is trying to help too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, which, you know, watching a movie like this, you can't help but think, like, what would you do in yeah. this situation? It's like, of course, anybody's going to say, like, oh, well, I would do something. But until you're in that situation, what you probably would do is run for your life and not think of anything else.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this movie is super depressing. It is. Uh, but I think it's worth seeing. And then the main ladies trying to survive and their reaction to everything happening. Know, it's very, like, in your face I don't know.
2: Yeah. It's upsetting for sure. I don't, I wouldn't want to watch it again anytime soon. <laughs> but it is interesting that this was like, I think Denny Villeneuve had done some stuff before this. Maybe not, a f- I don't know if he'd done feature. He'd maybe done one feature that didn't do very well. I and mean, he took a break for like 10 years mm. to raise his kids. And then this, he said he would come back when he felt like he had a movie that would really do well. He know, did in, sen-
1: in Sundays the yeah. like, following year. Yeah. But yeah, after that, I think there was a little bit of a break.
2: Um, but yeah, this was pretty early in his career, so it's interesting to see that. Yeah. His movies are always fascinating, for sure.
1: Also, this movie is really short. <laughs>
2: what was it? Unlike
1: remember. his it's 77 minutes. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's true. Yeah. Unlike Blade Runner and yeah, yeah.
1: probably Dune. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, I'm sure Dune's gonna be a long, long one.
1: Uh I would recommend watching this. It's How a little l- not don't watch it if you're in a sad mood i don't know <laughs> yeah. maybe you should if you are in a sad mood just cry cry it out <laughs> yeah uh it's currently on amazon prime and Tubi. yeah
2: so you can watch it
0: for i free. gave
1: it four stars i gave it three and a half and totally changed the script our next movie uh logan lucky Which came out in 2017, (laughs) directed by Steven Soderbergh.
2: He's gonna know what we want him to know.
1: (laughs) Um so basically our good friend Gray Witten oh yeah <laughs> gray <laughs> <eating> cake <laughs> oh gray shows up in every movie eating yes, cake our,
2: our good friend gray does a lot of extra work on the side for fun and he has a very prominent role in, yeah as an extra eating cake in this movie i loved his reactions the funniest
1: <laughs> thing ever to us. um so if you haven't seen this movie it's the redneck oceans 11 <laughs> is that what they say in the film yeah it's
0: something like
1: that. <laughs> so there's this family who's trying to reverse a family curse both uh brothers jimmy and clyde logan set out to execute an elaborate robbery during the legendary coca-cola 600 race at the charlotte motor speedway i think it's actually the like coca-cola 500 in atlanta mm. but i don't know I don't even know what the number means. Is that how many laps they do? That's how many
2: miles? I think maybe it's laps. I don't know. But basically, <laughs> they're gonna rob That's some money,
1: more. and it stars Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Riley Keogh, Daniel Craig, kind of Katie Holmes. I don't know. Seth MacFarlane. Lots of people. Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Uh, weird. Uh, what's her name? Hilary Swank. Oh yeah, <laughs> just That's so like weird. pops up at the end.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> So, yeah, and this was a big deal when it came out, because this was the one that Steven Soderbergh, he made the movie with no uh, investment in the production. the The way he made the money to make it was he sold the rights for distribution, for streaming, before he made the movie. So basically, Netflix and Amazon and whoever else paid him for the distribution rights, and he used that money to make the movie. So he had he had to answer to absolutely nobody making the movie, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. It's it's a model that I, I hope takes off. Um, I saw something interesting the other day about this coincidentally, after we watched it, that it was talking about how Logan lucky is great because it is, um, like in most of Steven Soderbergh's movies, like the, like it, a lot of his movies are about the institutions that are built to like grind everyone down and take advantage of you. Like, uh, you know particularly in things like unsane or um side effects and stuff logan lucky is about putting it to that to the man and just stick
1: it to the man take, taking the money <laughs> off
2: for yourself yeah which is kind of great but this is a super entertaining and really fun heist movie
1: yeah he's really good at those too like with oceans 11
2: that's true yeah i always forget he did those um so
1: it's a very similar style but this is way funnier and i don't know it's more down to earth more for believable sure. i guess well i don't know about believable but maybe <laughs> it's my ditty's favorite song take me home <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna hear john denver a lot in this it movie true. <laughs> Also, like every movie that came out this year had that song in it yeah it was just like nonstop. i don't know it what the
2: lucky john denver archives were <laughs> yeah. and yeah there's something else too <laughs> for
0: sure
2: um yeah. I mean this is it's a great movie. It's a really. It's not like an amazing movie, but it's a really fun movie and it's yeah. very well done and the characters are a lot of fun. Um yeah. And Grey gets tea cakes. So
1: that's all I want.
2: Every time we watch that scene, I can't focus on anything else. I always forget. I'm <laughs> like, what's going on? Who are these people?
1: Yeah. Well, also, Daniel Craig finally gets to play like somebody who isn't suave and Uh, isn't wearing a tux. I'm getting naked. (laughs) Yeah,
2: he's the bleach
1: blonde prison tats.
2: (laughs) He's the um, the demolitions expert who knows he makes his name is Joe. Joe Bang.
1: Yeah. Joe Bang. That's That's what he
2: calls his bombs. The Joe Bang. Yeah. Which he makes out of like gummy bears and imitation salt.
1: He also has two brothers, Sam Bang and Fish Bang. <laughs> yeah. Fish. Uh, right. So I really like Daniel Craig in this, too. Yeah. It was nice seeing him play a more comedic role. And even Channing Tatum. Like, I never really think about him too much as an actor. No, other he's a than pretty good actor. He's pretty funny. Like, I funny. guess I saw him in, like, 21 Jump Street and stuff. 22
2: was, Jump Street.
1: 22. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen um uh, Magic Mike? Yeah. I don't remember if I ever actually saw the first one. Yeah, I think we, we only had to saw watch the second, the second one. <laughs> um, And Adam Driver, he's Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah, Not much of a stretch, I guess. <laughs> he's very funny in this, yeah. And then I always wish Riley Keogh would get bigger, bigger. Uh, yeah, I'm glad more she dialogue. shows up and
2: stuff all the time now because I think she's great.
1: Yeah, she's in a movie I just watched that we'll talk about later in the episode. Yeah. And still, like, she always is just, like, the pretty face who gets a few lines.
2: Yeah, and unfortunately, in movies where she's kind of a star, movies I don't tend to like. Yeah, and Not not her fault, but, like, um, isn't she one of the main people in American Honey?
1: Yeah, and, and that's... The Lodge. Yeah, The Lodge was not great. Yeah. Anyway, I give it four stars. Me too.
2: Um, next up, let's take a total right turn. Yep. Left turn, whatever. Um, we're going to talk about A Hidden Life from last
1: year. Yep. So this was directed by Terrence Malick and it focuses on, it's a true story, right? Yes. Uh, Austrian, farmer Franz, <sighs> Franz. <laughs> uh, Austrian farmer Franz. Franz. Where is it? Uh, let's see. Is it Jägerstatter?
2: Yeah, probably. Jägerstatter? Jägerstatter.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of umlauts, so.
2: It's true. How do you say an umlaut?
1: So Austrian farmer Franz faces the threat of <laughs> execution <laughs> for refusing to fight for the Nazis during World World War II. So he's like the first conscientious, conscient <laughs> God, you say conscientious it. Conscientious objector. Yes. I get tongue tied a lot when umlauts are involved. Yeah. <laughs> I'm off <umlauts>. my game. <laughs> so we end up, we never actually saw this. Uh, this was our first time seeing it. I think the yeah, I runtime, last year. like we, it wasn't in theaters for that long, and the runtime kept putting us off. Yeah,
2: because it's like three hours long, right?
1: Yes, almost exactly three hours. Um, and we haven't had the best luck with Terrence Malick movies lately
2: yeah it's very true his last
1: few ones his last were couple tree of slow. life was the
2: last really good one but after that night of cups and to the wonder and what was the other one i'm missing one uh was not very good they're just yeah. sort of abstract like
1: we never saw song to song
2: yeah that was the other one from yeah it's like after tree of life he kind of developed this style that's like
1: the I'm tree of Life style, people's hands <laughs> yeah it's just sort of abstract
2: and very kind of quiet and there's not really a story, yeah, like Tree of Life there's kind of a narrative, even though it's kind of in the background, but yeah, some of these other ones just like I don't even know what this is really about,
1: yeah, it um, gets a little too abstract. all of the his movies look beautiful oh, yeah. but then it's like, all right, it's pretty, but I have no idea what's happening, yeah. whereas this movie actually has a great plot. And storytelling and visually great.
2: It's like his first linear plot since like the New World. Yeah. Like a story that's actually told in order.
1: So I really, really enjoyed this. And I feel like the timing of it is perfect coming out during like Trump administration and the rise of like white supremacy and like Brexit. Yeah. Like trying to decide like when do you stand up for what you believe in and when do you just then because you're afraid
2: and how important it is that even if you don't directly make a difference how important it still is to stick to your beliefs and yeah do, and morals do what you know is right even if even in even if a you know it's going to get you killed and b even if nobody will ever know about you yeah like you don't have to be you don't have to be in the public eye to be a martyr you can still make a difference by doing what you think is right yeah um even if that difference is subtle or indirect, um, just
1: say no to Nazis.
2: Yeah, I mean it's, it's as easy as that. But, uh, but yeah, it's also just super fascinating because you get to see like, basically the movie starts with like they're uh, it's in uh, they're in Austria, right? Yeah, um, like an Austrian small Austrian farming village, and how they kind of live in this like idyllic pastoral life, and then
1: yeah, it's not really touched by the war. Correct. So it's very like. Oh, all those issues are far away from us. Right.
2: So then when like the Nazi politics start coming around, um, they're like recruiting trying to reunite yeah. the, the fatherland and all that. Yeah. Then, then it suddenly, you know, it's like these, This it's how it kind of talks about how like, you know, human ideas can come in and ruin something that's perfect in nature. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot about how kind of I, you know, humans versus nature in that sort of way. Um, and how, you know, suddenly all these people who have been grown up together and worked together for their entire lives, kind of
1: turn on uh, each
2: other, you know, yeah. This like intense hatred, just because one person doesn't think, doesn't want to support his own government because he thinks what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fantastic though. It's, I mean, yeah, like, like you said, like everything Terrence Max has ever done, it's beautifully shot.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. It's, yeah, very emotional and kind of heart-wrenching in a very universal kind of way.
1: I also like in this film, you get a lot of different perspectives. So not only, it doesn't focus just on Franz, it focuses right. a lot on his wife, uh, Franziska. <laughs> I didn't make Franz that up. And Franz and Franziska. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and their family and sort of like even her sister is involved and in like how the town is turning on her while her husband is imprisoned and far away and like, Right. Then you also get, like, other prisoners' perspectives and what are they there for and, like, right. the Some community they also... create within the prison, just, like, yeah. just the little little things.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's slow and very, like, intentional and not abstract, but there's a lot of just, like, quiet. Uh, yeah,
1: it's a very quiet, like, slow, not slow, subtle pace. Yeah. But it's very precise, like. Yeah. I don't think I ever really felt bored or distracted during it.
2: No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, it's a super important movie to be watching right now, you know, since it's a, it's a movie about how to resist fascism. So yeah. that seems pretty relevant.
1: Definitely. And it's on HBO Max. Max and Go and now all the HBOs. If HBO Go still exists, give <laughs> us a shout. Let us know. <laughs> So I gave it four stars, but I would probably bump it up to four and a half. Yeah, I did. Four like and a half. the more, I think I had to let it like sit for a while and really think about it, and then just like cinematography alone, I'm a little surprised it didn't win any. I think it was nominated for one.
2: Yeah, it after having like seen anything. it, it's super frustrating. that This didn't get nominated for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, this is a lot better than a lot of the stuff that was nominated. I think
1: everyone after. else was just like, eh, "I don't have time to watch this." <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I'm like, sorry, Terrence Malick. <laughs> um, but you also said like his he. It's more like a Christian. Yeah. Oh, I read a take. really.
2: Uh, let me s- see if I can find it really quick. Give this person a shout out. There was a really really interesting review on. um uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to find it right now on um, uh, Letterboxd about it. I think it was, maybe it was on IMDb, but anyways, uh, about how Terrence Malick has always been a Christian filmmaker, which I've never thought about yeah, in that way. But I didn't really definitely, know is. especially <laughs> after seeing this, you can really understand that. Um, but all of his, a lot of his movies are about how man, man's ideas kind of ruin you know, the beauty God's of perfect nature. nature. Yeah. yeah. And that it's, yeah, it's ideas that sort of ruin, ruin things. I mean, days of heaven certainly has that. Going it's been for so it long
1: since we've watched that. I yeah. Feel but like that's I about like this perfect it.
2: idyllic place that like people's jealousy and, um, and you know, lying kind of yeah. ruins a perfect thing too. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a, 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 through line for a lot of his movies. And yeah, he having thought about that, he is the only Christian filmmaker that I really like. because well, he's it's, probably the only
1: one that isn't like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, <laughs> not even just that,
2: but it's <laughs> just You're gonna like, die
1: for your sins. <laughs> he's more about the actual morality
2: and doing the right thing of Christianity rather than like the yeah. symbology and hey, let's hate people who are not like who are us. different yeah. yeah. Um It's more yeah.
1: Christian to love. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. But yeah, this is super <laughs> and good.
1: not kill people. <laughs> Yeah, I would highly recommend this. So. Me too.
2: It, and it, yeah, now that it's on HBO, it's, you know, that's pretty available for a lot of people yeah. right now. So
1: definitely recommend. Go check it out. A Hidden Life by Terrence Malick. Yeah. All right. So next we watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
2: Because we're totally psyched about that Ratched show, right?
1: Ratched. Um. So this came out in 1975, directed by Milos Forman. I just looked up what else he did. He did Amadeus. Yeah. I love Amadeus. Mm-hmm. We should watch Amadeus. did too, didn't he? Uh, I, he did three good big movies. I don't know. Man on the up. Moon? You, you talk,
2: yeah. That was
1: good I've never probably. seen it. What?
2: Yes, we have. The Andy I Kaufman it. movie?
1: I it's we the one with Jim Carrey. Yeah.
2: I thought we watched it together.
1: It's not listed as being watched. There's a big
2: old booger hanging out of his nose. I do not remember that. All right. Well,
1: <laughs> anyway, Go one on. flew over to Cuckoo's Nest based on a book. Um, while serving time for insanity at a state mental hospital implacable rabble rouser <laughs> randall patrick mcmurphy inspires his fellow patients to rebel against the authoritarian rule of head nurse mildred ratchet yeah
2: So, <laughs> i mean we've we've both seen this movie many times yeah but uh, had been—I don't know why—we were in the mood to watch it again. We were tried, been trying to watch it for a while, and it wasn't really available anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was in like we—we had—I wanted to rewatch oh, yeah. it for the top 100 AFI. And films. our DVD
2: wouldn't play. That's the problem. Yeah, like, it was an issue with our DVD. Annoyingly. So it was
1: super frustrating.
2: And that concludes Harper being an old man and complaining about <laughs> my DVD
1: stuff not won't work. Yeah. <laughs> Did you try need, blowing need, on it? <laughs> I need grandkids
2: to come over and set up my damn DVD player.
1: <laughs> Um so this cast is insane. Yeah. Got Jack Nicholson playing McMurphy, uh Louise Fletcher is Mildred Ratched, but you also have like Danny DeVito, Brad Dorf, Christopher Lloyd, bunch of other Michael people. In this movie. Yeah. Um and so watching it again, there are some like not so PC moments that are kind of uh, weird
2: <laughs> well for example the fact that all of the women and black people in the movie are villains
1: <laughs> well and also he like uh is, is went to jail okay, for raping a 15 me. year old or all so. the black people are villains <laughs> all
2: the women are either villains or sex objects yeah <laughs> yeah he's like uh, who knew she a- was 15 going on 35 Oink. you know what i mean <laughs>
1: uh it's yeah, some questionable words too i'm not gonna repeat yeah. <laughs> or have your mom spell out for us <laughs> yeah. uh, not. but if you push that aside yeah. i really think it's a great like on cast ensemble story yes. those
2: are those are some minor <laughs> issues that if this movie came out today it'd be a big problem like, but, yeah you
1: know, it's
2: at <laughs> the time so you kind of got to take the good with the bad but yeah i mean other than those problems it's a masterpiece i yeah. love this
1: movie it's really good
2: um It's, I think it's the most powerful movie about how institutions grind people down into nothingness and even, even institutions that have good intent.
1: Yeah. you're supposed to be helping these people. So by helping him, we're just going to take his brain out,
2: (laughs) take away uh, individuality and your doubt and fear until you're just nothing. Yeah. Um, Super depressing. (laughs) Yeah. Can I, can I give a spoiler mention here?
1: I mean, it's been out for like 50 years. Yeah, so. Right. so,
2: spoiler fast forward a minute if you haven't seen Flip Food <laughs> Cookie's Nest. But uh, I will say the ending of this movie, the one two punch of Billy committing suicide and McMurphy getting a lobotomy is still like one of the most upsetting endings to any movie. yeah ever.
1: i really hate when billy dies it legitimately so gave sudden. me
2: nightmares as a as a kid when i saw this movie way too young
1: yeah <laughs> well how old were you uh, i don't know
2: probably like <laughs> nine or ten
1: your dad was like let's put on a family movie <laughs> yeah.
2: I, remember, I was like this movie's so
1: funny he's like playing basketball on top of
2: that tall guy's <laughs> shoulders. he's like oh my god so you dad
1: what yeah <laughs> I, I specifically
2: remember him to ask like dad why did he why did he put that pillow over his face
1: (laughs) (laughs) what's happening i don't understand i still think uh he gets the pillow too quickly (laughs) like i said this after we watched but like what if he was just really drugged out of his mind he has the body (laughs) scars but like if you're a vegetable why even be alive like (laughs) exactly that's the point i know but i mean there has to be something in there of him right I don't, <laughs> I don't know really how lobotomies work yeah, the
2: brain works Ugh.
1: also watching the part where they get like electroshock therapy yeah, it's makes horrific. me cringe a lot too <laughs> but it's not like the Nick um, where they pull out all the women's teeth because they're crazy <laughs>
2: well next up on our documentaries list we'll have to watch uh, uh, what is that movie called uh, I just I just lost it but it's, it's a real famous oh Titty Cut Follies Never is do- heard of it's it. the documentary This horrific documentary about mental institutions. I think in like the fifties or sixties and just like the awful stuff they got away with. And mm-hmm. it's a documentary that's all just like fly on the wall. There's no narration. It's just Ugh. footage and it's awful.
1: So real footage. Creepy.
2: Yeah. Well, it's documentary. Of it's creepy.
1: It's, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Um, but anyway, this is definitely like a classic, so I would recommend it. Yeah. Me and too. It's currently on Netflix. Although I guess we got to talk about this stupid ratchet show.
2: No, we don't. We didn't want We haven't
1: watched. Well, it yet. I'm just saying, I'm mad about it. Like this character doesn't need an explanation behind her whole story or whatever. Yeah, I agree.
2: It's very weird.
1: So four and a half stars, probably five on a good day. Yeah, four and a half for the weird, inappropriate comments. Correct. <laughs> um, and it's on Netflix. Yeah. All right. So next up, we watched little shop of horrors but
2: not that one Bum.
1: Bum. <laughs> yeah the original little shop of horrors <laughs> although i don't know even this if this is the original because wasn't it a play first or a story yeah first? i don't know
2: the i don't know the whole history of it to be honest so
1: we watched the 1960 roger corman little shop of horrors yes um what well we watched the colorized version because we were going to watch oh, the black yeah. and white but it looked really really pixelated yeah the quality was terrible Prime. on amazon yeah yeah and then it's also weird that Letterbox has like this completely different photo for the I don't know where this photo's from, but it's none of the people in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. Um so if you haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors, this is about a worker named Seymour who works in a Skid Row floor shop and is in love with his beautiful coworker Audrey. He creates a new plant that not only talks a
2: strange <clears throat> and unusual plant.
1: Yeah, but cannot survive without human flesh and blood. <laughs>
2: <laughs> feed me
1: yeah good, good feed
2: s- me seymour feed me now
1: i don't remember what this uh does he name this f- oh yeah, yeah it's audrey, it's audrey yeah
2: it's 2 it's audrey two in the other one yeah two-y. but yeah this one it's audrey jr uh this was okay
1: it wasn't as funny as i thought it was gonna be there were like a lot of little moments i was like i mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was funny, but it's not
2: really my kind of humor. It's a little, da- yeah. the humor's a little dated for me. I, I mean,
1: definitely think I like the musical I liked, way um, more.
2: What's his name? Is it Dick Miller, who came in and was eating the flowers? Yeah, he that like- was funny. <laughs> uh, well, also, side caveat: we were watching this when we found out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, so that really put a downer on the movie. Yeah, a
1: little hard <laughs> to concentrate during this. <laughs> yeah, during a
2: major, dem- democratic uh, crisis.
1: Um, there was a cameo by Jack Nicholson. Oh yeah, which was funny. He, well, was, he had a
2: weird voice too. Yeah,
1: it sounded super high pitched. I don't know. Yeah, it was very <laughs> funny. Um, but he he's the one who enjoys pain in yeah. the dentist chair. The Bill
2: Murray role in the remake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like the remake much better.
1: Yeah, the ending of the the musical is, I think, way more. Funnier and Correct. crazy. Yeah. Well, than, this one's kind of this one's weird. I'll be, <laughs>
2: this kind of sucks, but I'll be honest. They, the big like twists, I guess, spoiler uh, again, like 70 years, but um, <laughs> or 60 years, but uh, yeah, the ending of this when they like reveal the faces in the flower, yeah, the faces look so bad, yeah, they you really can't do. tell who they are. So, there's not, I was like, is that supposed to be, <laughs> him or they should have
1: like made it so there's more flowers in the real actors' faces? Should that's just what been I thought they it. were gonna do, yeah, or like even just like I don't know double expose it yeah they definitely got mad at it they,
2: <laughs> yeah it's really unclear that the, that the people's faces are who they actually are supposed yeah, to be so, so like it doesn't really have a lot of impact
1: human flower hybrid yeah
2: it's kind of strange but so
1: yeah i only gave it three stars i did too it's on prime and Tubi. i don't know maybe maybe you like it more <laughs> yeah i mean
2: just i don't know for me just stick with the remake it's great yeah more enjoyable more catchy
1: lots of tunes yeah <laughs> um so after that we watched uh is it new yeah
2: uh, ish newish yeah newish movie called think, uh,
1: spiral
2: i'm counting it for 2020
1: so it's directed by curtis david harter um so this i mean the simplest way to explain it it's the gay get out
2: <laughs> yeah i mean that's like the, that's the like tagline the cheap, that's like the the quick way to yeah quick and dirty way to say it. so
1: a same-sex couple also this takes place in the 90s yeah um so Which,
2: Seems weird at first, but then it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: A same-sex couple moves to a small town so they can enjoy a better quality of life and raise their 16-year-old daughter with the best social values, but nothing is as it seems in their picturesque neighborhood, and when Malik sees the folks next door throwing a very strange party, something very shocking has got to give.
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought this was pretty good.
1: I liked it up until probably the ending. Because then they just hit you over the head with all those symbolism and metaphors. I
2: didn't have a problem with that so much. My only big problem with the movie was that like... So the movie banks on like this whole section in the middle where, you know, as in lots of movies like this, I mean, you can think of like Candyman and Get Out and all kinds of stuff where it's like this person thinks something crazy is going on and nobody believes them. And so they go they go through a period like the main guy in this malik goes through a period where he questions whether he's going crazy or not
1: I enjoyed that part a lot
2: See that's the part that bugged me because for for a good like 30 to 40 minutes in the middle of the movie it was just one like am i going crazy and then they just yeah. kind of time jump to another like am i going crazy it was just like yeah, a bunch they of those Yeah did in do a it row. a lot
1: but I did think that, like, tying it back to his kind of trauma and his past. Yeah, that worked. That worked. But made sense.
2: It was just too much of that in a row without any kind of actual, like, narrative in between. So, it was like, there was a huge chunk of the movie that, like, I still don't know whether all of it actually happened or not. And like, Yeah,
1: I think it all did. I don't know.
2: Um, that, that's kind of, that's a fairly minor complaint, though, to be honest. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty clever. Um, the main guy, uh, Jeffrey Bowyer Chapman. Uh, who plays Malik was I think he was really good yeah um and definitely you know a pretty powerful idea in the story that you know it's like I they kind you can kind of sum it up there's like the scene when the neighbors come to introduce themselves and they see that it's two men living there and he uh and they're like oh we don't have one you're the first one of you we have in the neighborhood yeah. and <laughs> you're like uh gay people or black person or yeah. both <laughs> like you know so there's definitely a lot of like questions about you know being an outsider and us and them mentality yeah um i thought that was pretty good i'll give a shout out uh our friend cal at Screenrex wrote a really good and insightful review of this over on ScreenRex that i thought was really cool
1: i also found it hard to take that one guy seriously though the, yeah, the like neighborhood dad the
2: main like villain is like he was like the goofball jock from the first scary movie he
1: was in tons of like 90s comedies so it's just like oh this guy like i don't really
2: He's not re- particularly. Him menacing. Like yeah, <laughs>
1: <It's> like, yeah,
2: <laughs> I agree with that for sure.
1: Um, nothing against him, I guess, it's just his face. I know his face too well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I liked it, but yeah, I don't know. I still have an issue with the ending how they spell out everything too much, yeah. but I gave it three and a half stars. I did too. Was this on Shudder?
2: Yes, it was a I, sh- big Shudder. I don't Shutter see release. it listed anymore. Uh yeah, I mean it just released on Shudder like the day we watched it, like yeah. a week or two ago. We'll
1: go to Shudder and read Cal's review.
2: Yeah. Um next up is uh Relic. A new movie. Yeah, 2020. New, 2020. It official. actually is
1: listed as 2020. Yeah.
2: So Relic, <laughs> let me tell you about it. Uh Relic is directed by Natalie Erica James. Uh it's an Australian
1: movie, right? I think so. I think it was um, yeah they mentioned Melbourne yeah, something.
2: Um so here's it's about it says when Edna the elderly and widowed matriarch of the family goes missing her daughter and granddaughter travel to their remote family home to find her. Soon after her return they start to discover a sinister presence haunting the house and taking control of Edna. Um so I um I think that visually the movie is really cool. And actually uh, from an audio perspective too, there's a lot of really cool sound design.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it's a nice tight, short horror movie, which is always appreciated. Um, I I really like the idea a lot yeah. that it basically is creating like, and this is not the first movie to do this, but it creates like, it's the horror of dementia is very obviously what it's about. And that was kind of my issue with it is that, by the time like at a certain point through the movie, you're like, oh, she has dementia. Yeah. And this is just like <laughs> a manifestation of that. And they but they really kind of hit you over the head with that a little too many times by the time it by the time it gets to the end. I guess I had the same problem with this that you did with Spiral. Yeah. By the end of this movie, I was like, Well, I really like the look and I like the characters and stuff, but I get it. Like yeah, we Come get on. It. <laughs> it's dementia. I get it. Um So yeah, I that I had a problem with that, but I did um I did think it was, I liked that they had, like, this sustained creepiness throughout the whole movie with a really cool, like, moody score. Yeah. Um. And it seemed like a cool, creepy, like, love child of Hereditary and Next of Kin, like, a weird combination of those two Maybe movies. Maybe Duke too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, I did enjoy it. I just, uh, yeah, I wish it had been a little subtler, I guess. Yeah,
1: I agree. I really did enjoy the look, and I really liked the cast, like, all three I mean, even it's directed and written by women, starring mm-hmm. like three really great women. Yeah, um, yeah, I
2: agree. All three of the, the main leads were really good.
1: And they all, I felt like they were a real family. And like, there's some real issues there that they never discussed. And then it's like, oh, how do you watch your loved one get sick and can't take care well, of themselves? And
2: then the what they really... Banging you over the head with in the end is like this is hereditary, like, yeah. and not the movie. Like you <laughs> this know, is
1: hereditary. Like
2: you know, <laughs> j- like there's a good chance both of them might develop the same condition.
1: Yeah, um but I guess the other thing. Well, I guess there's so there's like this creepy cabin thing that. I felt like it was going somewhere with that, and then it never really. Well, that does. was another hint
2: at like the hereditariness of it. That it was yeah. like her. It was the grandmother's father also had dementia, but
1: they never like actually explained. Yeah, anything. I agree. It felt
2: it felt like it a was hanging, like
1: creepy looking. It felt like a yeah. hanging
2: thread until I was like, oh, he had dementia too.
1: Yeah, and then like it. the stained glass thing. Like we never should have brought that in here. Like it's cursed. Like you think the family's cursed, but it's a dementia. Well, they curse. are. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but then. Hopefully. I guess I got kind of confused with when the young or the younger daughter, mm-hmm. how, well, like first I was just like, s- they need to move her out regardless of this house. Cause there is mold everywhere. <laughs> so that bothered me. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but then when like the daughter, she like discovers that s- back closet part and she like kind of gets trapped. I didn't really yeah. understand what that was supposed to be.
2: I mean, again, I think the house was like a manifestation of like the family's, dementia because
1: uh, i get like the walls are closing in but then walls it's are like closing she was in trapped and it was in like, there it was like you're just like, going in circles <laughs>
2: like you can't figure anything out nothing makes sense yeah. anymore
1: and then i thought like oh they're breaking through this wall like if this is going to be like some other world or realm but then it's like oh no it's just the same place they were started in <laughs> yeah
2: it felt like it was really close to being a really special horror movie yeah and it just didn't quite break through that barrier of being it's really good but it's not great yeah That's, is what i would say
1: um, and I gave it three and a half stars. I did too. And we ended up renting this. So yeah, I don't think I've been it's to available it for a while
2: since it came out. Cause I'd heard such good free. things about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so relic, uh, next up, we watched another horror movie. Guess why? Cause it's almost October. Yeah. <laughs> All we watch is horror. Uh, so we watched Sam Raimi's drag me to hell, which came out in 2009. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I'll let you take this one. Cause you love this movie. I do. <laughs>
2: um, so what it's about, I'm just going to give you the freestyle.
1: Freestyle it. <laughs> uh, it's
2: about this woman named Christine, right? Uh, yeah. You
1: don't even know? I am not Yeah, it's Christine. Christine,
2: <laughs> she works at a bank as like a loan officer. And she doesn't give this, basically, she doesn't give this old woman an extension on her mortgage because uh, she wants a raise, essentially. And like her boss is like, you got to make tough decisions. Yeah. Um. So she's a good person, but she makes that choice to help herself out. It's and, a
1: man eat man world. Yeah.
2: And it turns out this woman is like a gypsy with the ability to curse people. And they get in this weird, gross fight. And then the gypsy curses her. And, um, she has to, she has like three days to figure out how to get rid of this curse before she will be drug to hell. Drugged
1: to hell. Dragon <laughs>
2: to hell. Um,
1: drag somebody to hell.
2: Uh, my only issue with this movie is that there's some definite, questionable CGI in a couple spots. Yeah. In particular, it feels especially egregious because this is a Sam Raimi movie and like one of the gags is like the old woman like ghost- has like an anvil dropped on her head and her eyeball pops out (laughs) yeah and like this exact same thing happens in evil dead 2 and it's a practical effect and it looked looks excellent and in this it looks so bad
1: yeah it's almost like a 3d thing but it's not 3d yeah it just looks very computerized so
2: it's frustrating that there's like an overused cgi because otherwise i love this movie um i still
1: have a love hate relationship with it <laughs> yeah
2: well yeah why do you not why have you always not li- liked this movie
1: it just feels so hokey i don't know and not like in a good evil dead way so maybe in 10 years i'll appreciate well, see, it you also <laughs> don't
2: like army of darkness i think these no. movies have a lot in common
1: well yeah and i also just hate all the dialogue really
2: <laughs> well that's a problem.
1: <laughs> well like all, all the, the stupid one-liners where she's trying to be tough and stuff and it's just like oh i don't and i i don't know <laughs> well there's I, not much substance, I guess.
2: Yeah, well, it's a movie <laughs> about a gypsy curse. What do you
1: want? I don't uh, know. Some more background information <laughs> about her family. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, then she's like, she gets mad. She's like, like I'm lactose intolerant, but I'm going to eat all this ice cream. <laughs> like, little shit like that I didn't well, appreciate. Yeah, I guess.
2: <laughs> I like it, because I like that she's basically this sort of, like, innocent, very good-natured person who... Essentially, does a bad thing just because mostly because the men around her are assholes. Like, yeah, her I boss, do appreciate
1: that her boss <laughs> is
2: pushing her to like be tougher. And the guy she's competing with with for this manager position is a cheat and a dick. Yeah. and is like giving her his lunch order. Um, so you know she kind of feels pressured into doing it, which I I appreciate that it's like it's a tricky moral situation. Like she did yeah. maybe a bad thing, although like she it, could that, help, yeah.
1: but she didn't. Yeah, but um, because of all the men in her life but she could have helped yeah <laughs>
2: um but mainly i'll say the reason i love this movie is because the last 60 seconds of this movie are <laughs> so Awesome,
1: yeah. I mean, the so ending is awesome. pretty awesome because you have um Justin Long plays her boyfriend and he's like going along with everything. Like, I don't really believe you, but
2: he like paid, I'll
1: kind of play he along paid for
2: like this super expensive yeah. crazy seance thing. So he's
1: not like gaslighting her, he's just no. internally mocking everything she does.
2: But yeah, I won't. Sp- well, should I spoil it? Sure, <laughs> all right. I'm spoiling this one too. We're going spoiler crazy on this episode. Uh, so fast forward if you don't want to know what happened. <laughs> Uh, She gets dragged to hell. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Basically, she thinks she's figured it out, but then it turns out she accidentally uh, buried the wrong envelope, and Justin Long has the envelope with the cursed button in it. Yeah. And so uh, (laughs) it's too late then, and as a train goes by above her, she gets pulled down onto the tracks and dragged into the ground into hell as her and face she, like, like melts right? yeah her face is like turning into a burning skeleton
1: <laughs> and he's and, just like uh. and he, yeah justin <laughs> long's reaction to
2: it i will say he's pretty lame in this movie but his yeah. reaction to what's happening really sells how insane <laughs> this ending is because he's like crying and yeah. freaking out because it's so crazy it's to me it's one of my all-time favorite horror movie endings for sure yeah.
1: it is a good ending yeah and you kind of get a hint of it at the beginning of the movie too. Yeah, because you see it kid happen gets to dragged, else. to hell. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. But yeah. I really like this movie. I think,
1: I it's, think it's really so like, like, like it. when well, she's digging in the grave of the gypsy and she's like, "Choke on this, bitch!" Yeah. And then she like shoves a shovel in there, this old gypsy skeleton's mouth. And I was just yeah. like, "I don't believe, I don't believe it."
2: <laughs> I believe it. I love it. It's um, weird.
1: She never really like went on to anything else. Yeah. What's
2: what's the woman's name?
1: Uh, Allison Loman.
2: Yeah, she's in some other. I think she's in some TV stuff. Maybe
1: she's not in The Boys, is she? Oh, you know what? She might be. She looks just like her. I don't know if that's actually her or not. I don't.
2: I don't know. We could be right. You look that up, and while i while I move on. Um, I gave it a four star.
1: I gave it three and a half.
2: Fair. Uh, well, uh she's not enough. Okay, I'll be interested to see if you know Sam Raimi's doing that new Doctor Strange movie at some point in the future um yeah so we'll see because drag me to hell is like his last horror venture into horror i guess yeah so i'll be curious to see if dr strange too uh has any of that
1: yep so drag me to hell i don't know if it's available anywhere yeah we watched our dvd dvd (laughs) uncut was it yeah it's like unrated so i don't know what's different on like any uh, the non i version. feel
2: like i looked it up and it's mostly like how much s- slobber comes out of the old woman's mouth when she's There's like a lot of slobber in this face.
1: movie that's yeah. <laughs> a weird thing I just to it. cut <laughs>
2: well it's really gross
1: yeah uh so next up we watch what we do in the shadows yeah so the movie. yeah this came out in 2014 the motion picture it's directed by taika watiti and jermaine clement Jermaine, not Jermaine. he directed
2: it co-directed it with him that's what it I says that. Hmm. I, th- I knew i had a i knew he wrote wrote it co-wrote it but i didn't know he co-directed it too that's cool
1: so if you don't know what this is about it's basically a mockumentary kind of like mtv style cribs um yeah. but with vampires
2: <laughs> in, in new zealand
1: yeah so it's is it four four vampires and sort yeah. of like their daily struggles being roommates and then there's also <laughs> like these weird other people in new zealand like werewolves and witches and zombies and, and
2: they're familiar
1: yeah and so it's just you know
2: well and, yeah and i guess the main like plot of the it's movie. real
1: world yeah vampire i think edition. the main plot is
2: <laughs> the the like ancient vampire that lives with him peter who i, yeah. I love is one of my favorite basically
1: Nosferatu.
2: peter turns <laughs> one of their victims this goofy dude into a vampire yeah and then they're they're all like kind of jealous because he's like the new cool, the cool vampire, vampire. Yeah, but he keeps like going around telling everybody he's a vampire yeah. and stuff
1: <laughs> it's like you know the g- you know the guy from twilight that's me yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. i'm a vampire
2: <laughs> uh i like when the the main one main guy's like um uh you know, you always think of vampires living in like uh Transylvania, but some of us live in very small countries like New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so we ended up rewatching this. We've seen it before, but we've I've been watching the times, TV yeah. show a lot. So I wanted yeah, but, to go back and watch this, see if it still was good or not.
2: I still this is probably I reviewed this movie for Geek Rex forever ago when it came out, and I still Still, I always think about... I gave it kind of a bad... Not a bad review, but like an okay review, I yeah. guess. And I have to say, I totally stand by my reviews. Still.
1: <laughs> I liked it a lot I the like first it. time I saw it. I,
2: like, I do like it a lot, but I don't think... It shocks me that it became like a huge phenomenon because to me... My big problem with the movie is I don't feel like it has a main plot. Like it kind of just meanders all over the place, which is why the, a t- a the TV show. No, which is why <laughs> the TV show is much better to me. I agree.
1: Better. I enjoyed the show more, but I the first time I saw this, I thought it was hilarious. To
2: me, this is a series of funny setups, not a movie.
1: Just like real world.
2: Yeah, real world. <laughs> you not just a movie, contradicted yourself. <laughs> <laughs> real world is a TV show,
1: <laughs> believe it or not. But yeah, I can see that. Um, so, but I still, I don't know. I still think it's super funny, and it's not even really that original. It's just an original setup, I guess, creatively. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean. Oh, it's don't get me wrong. It's really funny, and I loved watching it. It was exactly what we needed that night. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, there are a ton of great moments in the movie. And then Stu,
1: he's just like a normal dude. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, we like Stu. I work with computers. Yes, Stu. Werewolves, not werewolves.
2: Yeah, yeah. Stu has a ton of great lines. My fa What's? Let me tell me your favorite part of the movie. What's the funniest part for you?
1: Uh, I'd have to think. I don't know. I definitely like. Um. Oh. Well, all the stuff with Peter is really funny. Like when he opens his coffin, he's like, Peter, we're going to have a house meeting. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like. You
2: you don't have to come, but we think we'd extend it. (laughs) My favorite part of the by far, is with Peter. Wait, it's just like a montage moment. They show him, they're cleaning the house, and the one guy's brushing Peter's teeth, yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> <His>, like fangs <laughs> and and all the like pictures of them in like the 70s and 80s. And Peter's, yeah, they all have like bell bottoms. and Peter's, like, still just looks exactly with like a cloak Nosferatu. On, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I do love that.
1: So, I think it's still worth watching. Oh, definitely, if, if yeah, if you need a good horror comedy this coming October,
2: <laughs> yeah, most definitely
1: um so i gave it four stars i think the first time i saw it i gave it four and a half so it did go down a little bit yeah i do like the show more i gave
2: it a three and a half yeah to me the show is vastly superior
1: i always think about the show episode where um uh they have all the the vampires like peewees in there and uh who else
2: tilda swinton wesley Snipes, yeah
1: blade (laughs) tons of
2: movie vampires yeah that episode is fantastic but i thought you were gonna say jackie detona
1: oh well, that's my new favorite from
2: tucson arizona <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: this is how we talk
2: <laughs> this is how we speak in tucson arizona
1: <laughs> so following up with what we do oh, in the man. shadows i'm so excited oh, that that's the my like 90s air horn
2: all right well is this gonna be
1: well this would be the one
2: time we talk about a godzilla movie where you actually talked <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to let you take take lead on all this all
1: right one. so we watched the 1998 American Godzilla uh, starring Matthew uh. Broderick Gene Reno Maria Po I don't know. Oh Hank Azaria. Genre,
2: what, who what was Jean Reno. And who Jean
1: Reno. <laughs> I said Jean Reno. <laughs> Maria Petillo.
2: I guess that's the main lady.
1: Yeah. I wasn't looking at the actual character Just, name, so got, I thought it was the other person. It's Matthew
2: Broderick and a bunch of Simpsons actors. Yeah.
1: Directed by Roland Emmerich, who you know, has done such pretty movies. Yes. <laughs> um, So the tagline, size does matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, so (laughs) synopsis When a freighter is viciously attacked in the Pacific Ocean, a team of experts, including biologist Nico Taptopoulos and scientists L.C. Chapman and Mendel Craven, are these names, like, Mm. supposed to mean something? I don't know. Uh, Concludes... A lot
2: of this would be supposed (laughs) to mean something.
1: Yeah, that an oversized reptile is the culprit. Before long, the giant lizard is loose in Manhattan, destroying everything within its reach. The team chases the monster to Madison Square Garden, where a brutal battle ensues. I love this movie.
2: <laughs> you don't really know.
1: I love to love like how bad it is. It's just like a B movie. Harper, See, I know. You love B movies. This is where we we always
2: get into this argument. I
1: love B nineties movies. We always get into the argument
2: that you will be you will always be in love with movies like this nineties terrible B movies. But yeah. we watched. The other the other thirty three Godzilla movies in the franchise that are equally <laughs> silly but are actually <laughs> awesome and and you don't like those B movies and I like those we have and opposite B movie tastes sometimes. You love B
1: like eighties, I love B nineties. I
2: suppose. And
1: together we complete each other. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Also, Matthew Broderick.
2: <laughs> Matthew Broderick is phoning it in so bad in this movie. It's so oh my amazing. God. He
1: so clearly
2: does not want to be in this movie. I think
1: he did. Like, what else was know. he doing at this point? Nothing.
2: This movie was <laughs> such a gigantic flop.
1: It's Bueller fighting Godzilla. No, it's
2: not. <laughs> um, I loved this movie when I was 10 years old. I'll exactly. Give you that. So why
1: don't you love it now?
2: And I'll say... Uh, all right, here, I'll tell you good things first about it. <laughs> that I actually thought the CGI wasn't as bad as I expected I was it to be. I
1: was pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs>
2: I went into it with extraordinarily low expectations. Yeah, I thought it was
1: going to look like...
2: Scorpion King.
1: Yes. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, that has texture to nah. its leg. Yeah, like, it's not
2: <laughs> not so bad. I mean, it's not great, obviously. It's pretty dated, but it doesn't yeah. look ridiculous. It didn't, like, take me out of the movie. No. Um...
1: There's a few scenes with like some of the baby Godzilla's running around. Gatsuki. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: and I mean like I like the cast generally. There's a lot of great character actors in this that I've seen in all kinds yeah, of Yeah, it's very
1: like nineties humor like cast setup. It's almost like an episode of Friends, but with Godzilla. <laughs> How many times <laughs> are you gonna say
2: that? Um my I had two gigantic problems with it.
1: Well, let's hear them and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Alright. Well, you're gonna <laughs>
2: agree with this person for sure. This movie is not a Godzilla movie. It's a Jurassic Park ripoff. Yeah, it is. There's this has this movie has nothing to do it. doesn't even look like do. Godzilla. It, it looks like a looks giant like a Velociraptor. This movie has nothing <laughs> to do with Godzilla aside from the fact that there's a Japanese part. There's some people that speak Japanese in the beginning. Otherwise, it's just them t- really. Uh, unabashedly trying to cash in on Jurassic Park and the Lost World that came out the year before this. There's so many scenes in this movie that are straight ripped from those. It's
1: probably the same CGI team from Lost World, maybe. No, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's yeah, I mean, you got Hank Azaria in the back of a car while they're driving away, and the Godzilla is chasing the car. He didn't say must, must go, go faster, faster. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and but it didn't zoom per- in on the rear view mirror, <laughs> pretty much. He couldn't, yeah,
2: basically. Um, the other major issue I had with it that I just thought was weird. Is that they wait? You, we don't see Godzilla in full for like, an like an hour into the movie.
1: Harper, full Godzilla. They gotta build up the anticipation, yeah. and they can't afford the computer graphics.
2: Yeah, but here's the thing: you only <laughs> that doesn't make sense in a movie when every other character has already seen Godzilla, like in Jaws. You don't see the shark because it's underwater, or it disappears before anybody can it's see. It's
1: hiding it. in Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. It what, digs what does that mean? tunnels underneath. It in the on, subway.
2: It literally steps on <laughs> Hank and we still don't see the entire thing, even though he's looking right at it. it never we cuts see it to through see
1: the video camera he's using.
2: Yeah, we don't. <laughs> you don't see it in full until it eats the fish, right? When Matthew Broderick first season, pretty sure. Yeah, it's like an hour into the movie. We
1: see parts of him though. Yeah.
2: It's just really—it's
1: the mystery. the really annoying. It's a Godzilla, of Godzilla movie. You want,
2: if there's no mystery, you want to see Godzilla. We, the only reason you want to—we see had Godzilla
1: to watch movie. the like newest Godzillas though, because I feel like they do the same thing. Like you don't no. see it for a while. Mm, no. You don't see it for a while. No. <laughs> Not true. You just don't understand, like. The je ne sais quoi. I do. <laughs> I saw this movie really, like three times <laughs> in
2: theaters when I was a kid, but that was it. I was 10 years old.
1: Can we appreciate the Taco 10-year-olds. Bell within Godzilla and the product placement? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my favorite thing about Sony the Taco
2: I pulled it up while we were watching it. Uh, I'm going to need a bigger box. <laughs> talking Chihuahua.
1: And then also like, Godzilla, the baby Godzilla's like slip on basketballs, they slip on popcorn, they slip on bubblegum. There's so much
2: product placement (laughs) in this movie, like the Knicks, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC.
1: Earthworms. (laughs) Chernobyl.
2: (laughs) Well, needless to say, I hate this movie a lot. What
1: about the love interest? Did you feel the love no, there? No, it's, really,
2: it's a really <laughs> weird romantic story, isn't it?
1: It's a little she bit. She
2: basically ruins his career. And
1: and breaks his heart twice. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah, don't I feel don't... the pain. And then he's like, maybe we can work it out. <laughs> like, puts yeah. his arm around her.
2: It's, a, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this movie.
1: There's also sexual harassment. It was Me Too before Me Too.
2: Yeah, Harry Shearer is a real jerk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love this movie. Five stars all around. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're fucking like a brain in your yeah,
2: Totally. What did you really get?
1: I need <laughs> to start recording your reaction. My reaction. <laughs> I gotta say, among Godzilla, this is my favorite Godzilla. You can
2: you cannot be serious i'm leaving this podcast i'm walking away
1: oh well we did read that one thing which if anybody owns the blu-ray to this movie oh yeah we read online like the graphics are better
2: yeah they said they didn't that they had some weird rushed process uh, with the film when they transferred it to film for theaters and for dvd apparently yeah that the cgi is bet was Always like the worst version of it itself, and yeah. so apparently the Blu-ray is like the only way to see it. We've bought like a cheap used DVD from the bookstore because Harper
1: wouldn't let me pay <laughs> well, more than two dollars for this movie. Don't even like that. We
2: were both like, <laughs> "Is it even worth it to buy this movie?"
1: It's always worth it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm really curious if the Blu-ray actually is look looks better. Yeah.
2: If you're, I mean, it's not that bad. If you're Maybe we saw the right. You paid money for the <laughs> 1998 Godzilla Blu-ray. Let us know.
1: Uh, But anyway, I gave it five stars. <laughs> two and a, a half. Two and a half.
2: This is a two for me.
1: I gave it two and a half.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> All right. So Godzilla. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Go to your local used uh, bookstore and find a DVD <laughs> yes. or Blu-ray. It's <laughs> not streaming anywhere. <laughs> um. So next up, I watched a movie by myself. Mm-hmm. Called The Devil All the Time, which is a new movie, came out this year, and it was directed by Antonio Campos, which I don't know if he's oh, he did Christine, not the car movie, the journalist killing oh, herself yeah. movie.
2: Cool. Yeah, I like that movie.
1: Um Spoiler. I thought that was like it's based on a true story. Like <laughs> I didn't know. I
2: didn't know that was gonna happen when we saw it. it just well, made the movie real shocking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, The Devil All the Time. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, in
2: Is it the sequel to The Devil None of the Time?
1: Yes. How did you know? Uh, in Knock 'em Stiff, Ohio. What? <laughs> it's called Knock 'em Stiff. It's a cartoon. Yeah. In uh, it's neighboring backwoods, sinister characters converge around young Arvin Russell as he fights the evil forces that threaten him and his family. This sounds like a Spider-Man movie. It does. I thought
2: this was like a lawless sort of like... <laughs> it is
1: a lot. So it's like, it spans a couple like family generations like uh father son maybe grandparents like three generations um and kind of intertwines all these different people kind of related to this little rural area in Ohio between Ohio and like West Virginia I think Mm -hmm. um and it takes place I think in the between like the 40s and late 60s um the cast is great so you have like tom holland bill skarsgård riley keogh jason clark sebastian stan uh robert pattinson mia wasikowski like a bunch of white people a lot of white people actually Uh i don't think there's any black people in this movie Hmm. Hmm. because white people are the devil all the time Hmm, okay i buy that um Anyway, so I kind of, uh, this movie felt really, really long and not in a good way. Like, I kept checking to see how much was left. And it's like, oh, my God, it's still like an hour left. Um, and I just, it just kind of felt pointless. It's not bad, but I don't know what I'm supposed to take from it other than everybody's evil. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, there are no good people out there, I guess. Yeah, kind of already knew that.
2: <laughs> well, a million dollar question is, what does Robert Pattinson's voice sound like?
1: I wish I could do like an Im- impression. Yeah. <laughs> it's very like high pitched, like hillbilly pastor hmm. from high, the forties. <laughs> <know. laughs> <laughs> 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 yeah. So he's like an evil pastor who impregnates teenage girls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you have like Jason Clark, who's evil and like murders people and makes them have sex with his wife, Riley Keogh. Yeah.
2: He's just got that look about him.
1: Yeah. There's it's filmed really well, but yeah, I don't know. It's not I don't think it's really worth watching again. To ever. me.
2: It, it kinda of, watching the trailer it was like they just sort of crammed a bunch of like, you know, popular actor and actresses in it and were just like, I don't know, it probably be good. Yeah. It didn't actually like if it was different people in the in the roles, I wouldn't have even thought about ever watching it, but
1: Yeah, I think that's the only thing it has going for it is yeah, like it cast. solid cast, but again not the most mess sorry it's a stroke not the best movie <laughs> if you have like two, i don't know two and a half hours to waste this yeah, is for you <laughs> um so, so netflix? yeah it just came out on netflix uh, i think it was made by them so another long netflix movie that should have had studio interference <laughs>
2: yeah really it seems to be a recurring theme
1: Uh, I gave it three and a half, but I'm never going to think about this ever again. (laughs) Ouch. So I think that just leaves one more film, right?
0: Yep.
1: Another Sam Raimi film. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, So we watched A Simple Plan, which came out in 1998. And so it's Fargo, but with goofy people. (laughs) So Fargo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You explain it okay (laughs) sure
2: so uh bill paxton and billy bob thornton are brothers uh and they also uh billy bob thornton also has this goofy ass friend and the three of them are driving out around and they encounter this crashed plane that has a a dead body in it and a big duffel bag with like four million dollars in it $4,400,000.
1: $4,400,000. Yeah. So
2: basically... Which
1: I think is a weird amount.
2: They're Yeah, they're trying to figure out how to keep the... whether they should keep the money and then if they do, how they can keep it and get away with it. And essentially, this is like a Treasure of the Sierra Madre sort yeah. no-controlled men sort of situation where like things... Keep spiraling out of control and getting worse and worse and worse. Not and worse. so
1: simple plan. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, it just keeps getting worse for them um, as they try and kind of cover up their tracks, and they kind of turn on each other. And uh, you know, money money creates problems. Mo' money, mo' problems. Yeah, as they say, uh, as a tagline for this movie. Um, <laughs> it also has um,
1: uh, Bill Baxton?
2: No, who's the who plays Bridget the wife? Fonda. Yeah, Bridget Fonda um she's really good as uh bill paxton's wife in this who she's it's funny i love the way it starts out because she's like the first one he like hypothetically is like what what would you do if you found like a ton of money like you know and she's like well of course i'd return it like call the cops or whatever yeah and then when they have the money she becomes like the worst of all like she's constantly (laughs) making these plans like this is what you should do to get away with it and you should like well you did what you had to do and like all of her plans end up that she has ends up with like somebody getting killed yeah. <laughs> or something awful happening she's
1: not really good at planning stuff <laughs>
2: yeah it like the the money like all 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 the main characters get really corrupted by the money but her and the the most probably is like well extreme. yeah
1: and then I think her, like at the beginning, she's like, we have all the money we need. And then in the end, it's like, I wear a fake smile every day just to get through yeah, our life like because you, it's horrible. Like if you don't let us keep this
2: money, like I'll yeah. never be happy again, basically. basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a very like kind of twisted look at like the American dream and money and how money, uh, you can't can steal the
1: American dream. You're supposed yeah. to earn it.
2: Well, I do as like Bill
1: Paxton says, I do like the line
2: that right before that, where the guy says, it's, it's the American dream and a goddamn duffel bag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Also, JJ from Parks and Rec is the, like, redneck, goofy friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the sheriff. Uh, Brent Briscoe, is that his name? Yeah, is I, think, the no, I think it's Brent
2: Briscoe. Uh, and the sheriff is um, the dude. He's, like, the hotel magnate in Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, a great, he's got, like, a great Texas accent.
1: I okay. Well, Don, why don't you just come out here? Yeah. <laughs> With um, his teeth. I always think of his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I like this a lot. I thought it was great. It's definitely Sam Raimi's Coen Brothers movie that nobody ever talks about. It.
1: I think Billy Bob Thornton especially is amazing yes, in this and kind of carries the whole film. 100% agree. Bill Paxton is, I don't know, he's doing his like twister character and it's just, yeah. it's too straight and narrow, I guess. There's uh, no me, like not,
2: depth. <laughs> to me, he he's not, Bill Paxton's not great at the straight man role. Like all the stuff we love Bill Paxton when is he's where crazy, he's super over yeah. the top. And so this, where he's got to be kind of reserved and like, he's like he's the, he's the supposed to be like the smart guy, yeah. moral guy <laughs> in this. And it just, to me, it doesn't work that well. Yeah. Um,
1: but I like how Billy Bob plays off that character because yes. he's supposed to be the dumb brother, but he says a lot of smart things throughout the entire yeah, movie definitely. and like everyone has always looked down on him.
0: Right. Yeah, like even
1: definitely. in the beginning, like the whole setup is they're going to go visit their parents, like graveyard. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, you don't have to just come this one day. Well, yeah, It's like, like, like he digs it up and he's
2: like, who the hell has
1: been putting flowers like on? Me. our parents' like- <laughs> like,
2: Yeah. Billy Bob's <laughs> like me, you know what? We don't have to just wait till the anniversary. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I love, I thought his character is really, really good for sure. And it ma- written me, really well.
2: It made me want to watch the first season of the Fargo show. Yeah, he's definitely in he's a so lot good like in that. that. <laughs> Um, yeah, Billy Bob's great.
1: And I know, really, we got to figure out, there's, there's so many like little funny moments. Yeah. Like <laughs> when his wife gives birth, uh, Billy Bob goes to the hospital and he like walks into the wrong room. He's like, oh, pardon oh, me. Whoops, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrong room. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: really, the way he does it is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the movie starts out more like, based on the trailer, I thought it would be a little bit more comedic than it was. Yeah. It definitely, by the end, it's like really intense, actually. Yeah. Uh, really good, like kind of thriller territory, but um, yeah, it's it's a really good movie. It's a movie that I I feel like a lot more people ought to see.
1: I think the poster's a little ridiculous. <laughs> well, it looks just like it's every so other dramatic. 90s yeah. It looks just
2: like Kiss the Girls and along came a spider and every other 90s thriller
1: the only other thing i guess i would say is that it doesn't really feel like a sam raimi movie
2: yeah there's like one shot in the very beginning like the reason they find the plane is because they crash their truck because a fox runs across the road yeah and there's like one shot where they does like the snap zoom into the fox like as it crosses the road that's like the only moment that i was like oh it's sam raimi
1: the only other moment is there's somebody who gets shot and she like flies across the room when she gets shot. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was kind of like Evil Dead-ish. A little, yeah. Um, but this, yeah, then there's like, there's a dead pilot. You don't really even see the dead pilot. So there's no like gory effects yeah. I mean, or anything. Not even just
2: say it's not a horror Because even like Spider-Man 2 feels really Sam Yeah, Raimi.
1: it has his style. Yeah, this, this feels not- like he's trying to do something different yeah and
2: i mean i, I always guess. forget he's done a lot of movies that i haven't seen like yeah. you know there's probably a lot of other ones not a lot but a handful of others like this that are a little more like toned down and yeah. not quite so ostentatious in his style but this is definitely his like you know attempt to do you know he was friends with the Cohen brothers they all yeah. went to college i think together so it's you know this is definitely him being like i could do that
1: yeah and, and he does he it really it. well yeah
2: i mean it's a it's a really solid movie <laughs>
1: um so i ended up giving it three and a half stars i did as well but yeah billy bob would get five stars in my book
2: (laughs) your ratings always have weird (laughs) qualifiers on them
1: it's like this except this (laughs) this part gets
2: a five star and this part gets a four star
1: poster gets zero stars
2: yeah yeah, i wish i wish this was much more available because i I would definitely recommend folks to yeah we have to
1: watch it on stars
2: yeah, it's just not the easiest no. thing. But if you have like a cable, I mean, you know, if anybody still has cable out there, that's the one way, an easy way to yeah. sign in and see it. But yeah, it was a cool movie. It's just one of those movies that like, it wasn't like amazing, but the fact that I didn't know anything about it going yeah. into it, um, and it's by a director I really like, you know, it's always kind of exciting to see something new from somebody like.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. So simple plan. Not yeah. so simple plan
2: not the not so simple i
1: would recommend it if you're into a crime thriller
2: yeah agreed
1: uh so i guess next up we're gonna jump into our mini segment
2: So uh, I got a chance to see some film festival movies over the last couple of weeks. Um,
1: I watched two of them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, the Atlanta Film Festival and Fantastic Fest, which is actually still going on, but I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to see anything else with it. Um, Atlanta Film Fest is over, but uh, they basically, I give kind of a rundown of how they did their stuff because it's, I guess it's kind of interesting since obviously this is a weird year for film festivals. Um
1: Why?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah what, what do you mean Explain. The, you mean the corona hoax <laughs>
1: um
2: so uh Atlanta film festival they did have a fair amount of it their drive in and then they also did a decent chunk of their movies available virtually to watch online and then um as press there were a few others that were available also you know for me to just watch before the festival um so land film festival stuff was okay um I wish that there was a lot of stuff that was available at the drive in that was not available virtually, which was really frustrating. Yeah,
1: I w- they didn't really explain it. No. Either, yeah. I mean, would have gone and saw more.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Well, partially I didn't particularly want to go to the drive because that's not really, to me, the best way to see a movie necessarily. And it's expensive, but, um, not the best way to see a movie if you're trying to watch it critically for like a review. Um, And I just thought it was weird. They didn't do everything virtually as well for people who couldn't make it. I mean, they still sold tickets for the virtual ones. So I don't understand why everything wasn't virtual.
1: Press alone should have had access to everything. Yeah. I mean, so you don't take a seat from like a filmmaker. Yeah.
2: And that was part of it. Yeah. There's only like, you know, 25 places a car can park to watch these movies. I didn't want to take a seat away from some, you know, a spot away from somebody else. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to complain too much about it. Like I got to see a bunch of movies for free. I shouldn't really complain. But um all yeah, that to say, turkey. all that to say, there <laughs> were a lot, a handful of movies I really would have liked to see, and I missed them because I didn't realize they were only going to be at the drive-in.
1: Yeah, I had a long list, and then yeah, you know, there was some really interesting sounding stuff. Yeah, which is disappointing.
2: But uh, let's talk about the ones I did get to see. So, first one from the Atlanta Film Festival that I watched was a documentary called "For the Love of Rutland." Uh, I'm just going to go through these really quick too. By the way. Um, it was about a, uh, there was a small town in Vermont in 2016 that got thrown into chaos because the mayor at the time announced that the town would be housing 100 Syrian refugees. Um, this is one of the only cities in the U.S. that offered to do that at the time. Um, and there were a lot of citizens who were really happy about this and were like, got to work on it. And also a lot that were like super racist and awful and yeah. boycotted and stuff. And that mayor ended Where, up- Where,
1: what state is this? Vermont. Mm. Uh,
2: and that mayor ended up getting voted out by a conservative uh, mayor- And, um, yeah, it, but it ends up being an interesting documentary because it starts as that and then Trump gets elected (laughs) and puts the (laughs) the travel ban in place. And so only one of these Syrian refugee families ever made it into the town. Mm -hmm. So it eventually becomes about this one woman and her family. Um, and basically how she goes from being like one of the people who's like, you know, America first, we can't bring in these refugees because like I'm poor and on, you know, drug addicted and having all these issues. And we can't, America can't take care of me why should we be taking care of somebody yeah. else um she goes from that to being basically a person who like finds enrichment in doing things for others and actually like supporting the community and then and, and eventually helping out this refugee family um, yeah so it kind of helps turn her life around so I thought it was pretty good um, it's an interesting documentary that definitely captures a lot of what's going on right now in the country um I watched a uh, narrative feature called the outside story um directed by sorry bring bringing this up um directed by Casimir Nozkowski um uh this is stars Brian uh Tyree Henry who's uh paperboy on Atlanta um who I like a lot uh basically he's an editor Uh, who works on, he makes those uh, like in memoriam videos for TCM. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like in this process where there's this actor who's in the hospital who may or may not die. And he's trying to get ready, get his video ready for the moment the guy dies so they can put it on TCM. Um, And he gets locked out of his apartment Mm -hmm. and basically has to spend the whole day talking to his neighbors and police people and folks outside trying to figure out how to get back back into his apartment. So it's kind of like a quirky, like indie comedy Um, pretty good. I enjoyed it a good bit. It's, uh, there's a lot of, um, little clever moments in it and, uh, it's pretty funny. It's a little predictably uplifting for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but hate that. S-H-I-T. Yeah. It bothered. I mean, I'm
2: not crazy about that, but, um, not, not even just that it was uplifting, just that it was like, I knew exactly where it was going at some point. But uh, I will say, um, Henry's performance is really, really good. He's great in it, and it's a very different kind of character than the one he plays in Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's an, kind of a nice, quirky, indie dramedy, I guess. Um, and the one we watched together, The Vice Guide to Bigfoot, is what it's called on Letterboxd, but at Atlanta Film <laughs> Puzzle, it was called, fit, I think, 15 Things You
1: Didn't Know About didn't Bigfoot. Know about
2: Bigfoot. Number 1 will surprise you. I think is the yeah, full title. Click,
1: clickbait it's, title. Yeah, like
2: a BuzzFeed article name. Um It's like a mockumentary about these guys basic, basically it's supposed to be like Vice. Um and they this guy who's already disillusioned with his job as like a reporter for like stupid stuff. Yeah. Um gets his last assignment like before he quits is going to be covering Bigfoot and they think they're discovering Bigfoot in the forests of I don't remember where, North Georgia maybe. I think so. Um, yeah, where
1: Bigfoot Museum is? Yeah, it's
2: filmed in Atlanta for sure. Like, there's a lot of like uh, Atlanta talent in it. Um, it was okay. Um,
1: yeah, I didn't really like it that much, and I thought the main guy was annoying.
2: Yeah, I didn't really have a problem with him specifically. I just the humor was just not for me. It wasn't really that funny. It to started
1: off strong. Like the other uh, people who work in the same company as him were funnier. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember
2: the name of their their show on Vice but or whatever it was. It wasn't called vice. It was like a rip rip off version, but um, yeah, it was okay. The humor was just not necessarily for me. Um, Next I watched another documentary called some kind of heaven, which this is one of my favorite movies of the year now, by for sure. Um, This is a documentary directed by Lance Oppenheim. This is his first featured uh, movie. Um, It's a documentary about this place in Florida. That's like this gigantic, um, retiree uh community called the villages that's like basically like a whole city that's built f- specifically for retired people um and it was built in the 60s as like this disneyland-esque place for retirees like it has like a fake main street like mm. all the buildings are designed to look like they were built in olden times and they're like sounds amazing they have like fake <laughs> histories like the like you know the town pharmacy is like <laughs> you know, it's got established in like 1845 I mean, it was built in like the sixties. Yeah. So it all has like this weird kind of surreal fakeness to it. Um, but the movie follows three different people or follows a couple and then two single people. Um, one of which is super interesting cause he's like this guy in his seventies who's been like the single bachelor his whole life and doesn't live there. He just lives in his van and drives around looking for ladies, <laughs> uh, in, in the community, in the villages. Um, and uh, and then yeah, with the couple with the couple in it, um, I can't remember their names, but the the husband in the couple is like kind of losing his mind because he's on like LSD and cocaine all the time, <laughs> trying to like because he's basically just like living his best life, like just try, trying to explore new things because he's in his seventies, like why not? Yeah, but he's definitely like <clears throat> kind of losing it. Um, but yeah, so there's it's super interesting subject matter, and it really treats all the subjects like there's definitely like a little bit of the like, Oh, look how weird this is. Like, you know, it's, it's, but it's not really making fun of it. It's always done with a lot of respect for these people. Yeah. Um, but the main thing is that this movie is gorgeous. Like one of the best shot movies I've seen in a long time. Um, really, really beautiful cinematography. Uh, and it's shot in square, which is kind of interesting too. But, um, yeah, just it's, it's the, you very, very rarely see documentaries that are this beautiful looking, um, I mean, it looks like it was shot with, you know, like it would have taken a lot of staging to get this stuff to work, and somehow they did it, you know, with real people and real things hmm. happening. So, um, yeah, this one's highly, highly recommended. It's it's um, Some Kind of Heaven, directed by Lance Oppenheim. So I, I hope that gets a release on streaming at some point later this year. Um, let's see, what else? we. Oh, this is another one we watched together, uh, Fully Realized Humans.
1: This was cute.
2: Yeah, you wanna do this one so I'm just not blabbing on this whole time.
1: Yeah, this uh directed by Joshua Leonard, who we actually saw in Unsane. Yeah, last very month. recently. <laughs> um so it's Parents to be Elliot and Jackie embark on a quest for self-actualization before the imminent birth of their first child in this strikingly honest and hilarious portrait of parents and children. Uh so it's definitely a comedy, uh, and it's kind of like two parents who are all their friends are telling them like how awful it's going to be to give birth and have kids and you're going to lose yourself so they decide to kind of do like a bucket list thing like a month before she's due and kind of figure out all their problems that they have with their own parents yeah Um, so i thought it was it's funny in parts not like laugh out loud all the time (laughs)
2: Yeah. No, I did think it was really, it was pretty funny though. And it most importantly to me is it's genuinely pretty endearing Yeah, uh, and charming. Like, uh, I think the two leads do a really good job. It's clear they're, they're, these two actors are best friends in real life and they wrote the movie together too. Um, so you can definitely tell that they have like a chemistry that really works.
1: And I'm pretty sure she was pregnant during this. Yeah, it looked she like she was, she was. so I appreciate that too. They wrote the I movie, wrote the movie <laughs>
2: because she got pregnant and they decided to do yeah. something about it basically. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of genuine like uh, charm to it for sure. And I appreciate it too that uh, a lot of like these indie comedy movies make this right turn into dramatic and yeah. it doesn't work really well, but I think it actually works pretty well in this one. Yeah. Um, because they're talking about the dramatic things from the get go, just in a funny way. And then it, it, I don't know, it just it it transitions really well towards the end when they actually like have this conversation with their own parents. Yeah. Um, and it's still funny, but also, you know, hits some, some real stuff there um so yeah i I, th- I thought this one's pretty good i would recommend it yeah me too um, fully re- realized humans also it just boggled my mind to learn where, where i had seen these two people before so the yeah. guy was an unsane but also blair witch yeah i'm pretty <laughs> sure he's the one who's like if anybody's i'm not playing head games but if anybody's playing head games you're playing head <laughs> <Yeah>. games <laughs> um and then the woman uh who's in it is uh the girl from teeth yeah She's
1: got the teeth. Uh
2: yeah. So um yeah, pretty good. Um, I think that was it for Atlanta Film Festival. Um, then I got to see two movies for from Fantastic Fest. And I also saw they did a really great thing, like at the beginning of the first day of the festival, I think, where it was like a um Hundred greatest kills, which is I think something they do every year. They show kills from like horror movies and stuff. Yeah. And this year's theme was decapitations, and there was some really phenomenal and really hilarious clips <laughs> that they showed. Um. Oh, and I didn't say the way Fantastic Fest did it was the fest was completely free this year, which is amazing because yeah. I've always wanted to go to Fantastic Fest. Um, is free completely online. Uh, they used Scener, which I hadn't used before, but that's the it's the like online thing where you can like create a watching party and like sync up Netflix Mm. with multiple people, I think is the idea. But in this case, basically it like pops up a window with the movie. And then on the right hand, it's got like right inside of your window. It's got like a chat box. So you can talk with other people that are there. And, um, and it's got like a little separate video window where there's like the host, like the person who introduces the movie and stuff, which is kind of cool. And they still did like, q a's and introductions and stuff which is that's definitely a big part of the festival experience so i was glad they yeah i always feel like too. whenever
1: there's a q a afterwards like oh i appreciate this movie more now for sure
2: yeah they call <laughs> that thank you
1: for explaining this there's definitely
2: like I, I can't remember i feel like they call it like the festival bias or something like that, yeah people
1: i saw it at sundance critics
2: critics tend to give movies at festivals way better reviews than they would otherwise just yeah. because the festival experience of it um but yeah, the two movies that I watched as part of Fantastic Fest are The Stylist, um, which I've seen... I saw the short film that this is based on a couple of years back at the Buried Alive Festival and I've met the director, um, Jill... Uh, I'm going to make... This going to be awful. Jill Gavargazian. Yeah, Gavargazian. Um,
1: about to pull a me show. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: basically, blah, blah, blah. it's about this woman who's like... a She's a hairstylist, but she's really kind of strange and awkward. And it turns out she scalps people that she cuts their hair and then she wears their hair like a wig. Uh, as you do. Yeah. You do. <laughs> um, I like the short, but when I saw the short, I was like, I don't really get why she does this. And, I saw, and so I was like, oh, cool. They're doing a full length movie. Maybe I'll understand why she <laughs> does it. And I still kind of don't. Yeah. Like at a certain point, I realized this is definitely, the movie is maniac, like the early 80s, uh, William Lustig maniac that I do not like at all. Um, it's just that with a female killer and female victims, basically. Yeah.
1: I'm not crazy about maniac.
2: Very much the same kind of story and same kind of style where it's just like a killer with not really a motivation. Like she's just kind of crazy. Um, so, you know, it's got some cool moments. The ending is a lot of fun, even though you can see it from a mile away, I won't give it away. Um, uh, and I think the costuming and the cinematography are really nice. Um, but this is, and you know, I could see some people really liking this, but it's just not necessarily for me. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one we just watched last night together, um, and that's called How to Deter a Robber, directed by uh, Maria Bissell. Um, basically, uh, this young girl is up in her family's like holiday cabin uh, with her boyfriend, and they, um, they break into this house next door to have a seance because, because they're bored. And the house gets robbed while they're asleep in the house. Yeah. So basically, they're robbers who are like hitting all these vacation cabins up there, and these kids keep kind of getting blamed for it. And eventually, they get captured by the robbers, and it's kind of a home alone sort of situation. Uh, is that a, is that accurate?
1: I would say so. Um, Except it's starring the annoying girl from Gilmore Girls, Luke's daughter. <laughs> so it's tainted. this is is she your Todd? <laughs> I don't think so. It's just <laughs> Michelle's her like and this Gilmore girl girls. ruined Luke and Lorelai's Lara <laughs> relationship. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Back me up everyone who loves Gilmore girls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh did you like her in this at all?
1: She was kind of similar cuz she's kind of like brainy and talks fast. Yeah. She's and brainy. she's pretty obnoxious, so. I could say the same kinda thing kinda about you. You're brainy
2: and you talk fast.
1: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're definitely brainy
1: okay i'm fine with brainy
2: <laughs> all right um i thought this was all right it had it had a um it's a funny little story and it had some charming moments um
1: it felt like it was setting up some sort of family st- stuff you don't know about like being resolved in the end but then it never really touched on any of that
2: i mean it did but it didn't really feel very impactful no, like the whole didn't. thing there is she's, no point she's trying it. to write an uh like a college entrance exam um Uh, essay yeah and doesn't really have anything serious to say at the beginning of the movie and then by the end like she's gone through this like traumatic thing even though it's pretty goofy and so then that's like the subject of her college letter
1: I guess the stuff with her dad like he died right yeah the whole. they never touch base on that and she's like don't take that canoe it's like means a lot to me i
2: agree there's a lot of like, like family history <laughs> stuff that seems kind of vague yeah in a weird way like
1: i'm fine with some vague vagueness fine, but then they yeah. mention
2: it enough that you're like well what's the deal yeah
1: i was like did they cut something out i don't know about <laughs> yeah so because i thought like maybe the uncle and her would have some moment like if that was her dad's brother right right then like I don't know. Saving him would be like saving her father or something. Yeah,
2: def- <laughs> definitely. It feels like there's something like it was almost there to being something interesting, and that yeah. just didn't quite.
1: And they just went more the quirky. Yeah, comedy. And I mean, there's
2: some moments that were pretty funny. I laughed a couple times for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it definitely just feels a little uneven and just kind of like it's missing something. I don't. I don't know exactly what. Um, but it was fine. Uh, and I'm glad I got a chance to see it. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to see anything new for this year, just cause yeah. <laughs> you know, last year, by this point, we'd probably seen like 60 or 70 new movies. Yeah. And now we, I think I'm at 39.
1: <laughs> I haven't counted. And
2: that's cause I've, that's yeah, largely because Film of Fest. these festivals <laughs> this is like eight or nine movies. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that is, so yeah, this, this year's festival run has been a lot, uh, you know, pretty dry. Not yeah. to say bad stuff, but not nearly as much stuff, which may means that kind of what got left is stuff that maybe I wasn't quite as interested in. Yeah, um,
1: and I wonder what the selection actually was like, because like with the Austin uh, mm-hmm. film Fantastic fest. fest no oh south by southwest oh Thes, yeah like they were gonna have a huge premiere for like green Knight and stuff and right they never like i wonder how many movies have been pushed like to next year's film circuit
2: that's a good question yeah it's weird that like i mean were these all movies that were picked back in february or did they add new ones like over the summer because it got delayed from then until september like maybe who knows
1: maybe they're desperate um, Give me all the movies you got.
2: Basic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was weird because they were accepting submissions for 2021 during this year's festival. Because <laughs> yeah. it's only like six months from now, technically, if it will actually happen in April like it usually does.
1: Yeah. Hopefully it's they'll very do weird. some sort of online thing still. Yeah. Cause, I mean. Cause I feel like we're all going to be scarred from this forever. So. Correct. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to sit in a theater with 300 people. Yeah. My God.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. That's, that's what I wanted to say is that, like, I hope that this... um opens the opportunity for a lot of festivals to do at least a portion of their festivals online because it it gives a wider audience for the movies and for the filmmakers. Um, And in the case of like Fantastic Fest, it really gives the opportunity to do a lot of fun stuff with a really big group of people too. I mean, there's a lot to say for like, these festivals doing stuff locally and supporting like the local theaters and restaurants and con- the concession stand and like and you know, I don't wouldn't want to take that away at all. And I love that experience yeah. in a lot of cases. But I love
1: the movie experience.
2: Um, <laughs> but I really do like um particularly this kind of stuff Fantastic Fest did where you can do like a trivia game or a you know, watching a crazy montage video with a host like explaining what movies these are from and like there's a lot of fun stuff there that um I'm glad I was able to experience cause I have, not you know, I've never been to fantastic fest before. Yeah. Um, so I hope that some festivals even post COVID will continue to do some interesting online stuff. Um, cause I think it's pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah.
1: Any other thoughts? Nah. All right. Well, that's it goodbye <laughs> um that's it for this episode but don't forget you can always see a list of all the movies we talked about on our letterbox on twitter at splice podcast or on facebook at splice together let us know what you watched this month what you have seen at the film festivals <laughs> or what you think about godzilla So <laughs> <laughs> earthworms harper mm. um we'll see you soon on another episode of
0: Spice together. <laughs>